Welcome to the Horse Frog Podcast. I'm Comron. And I'm Billy. Billy, what would you say we do here? Well, you know, we like to dig deep into a bunch of books and shows and movies that we love. In excruciating detail, right? In excruciating detail. <laughs> and we like to talk about things that uh, we like about them, what they make us think, and what we learn from them. And a lot of times we're going to go off topic, but we're going to bring it back in. Basically, it's just two guys hanging out talking about their favorite stuff. And it's not meant to be a replacement for anything. It's meant to be a companion to anything that we're talking about, any shows, any movies, any books that we're talking about. And we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Hopefully, you'll enjoy the show with us. One final note before we begin the episode. If you would like to support our show, we have a Patreon set up. You can find the link at horsefrogproductions.com. You can also email us with any feedback at contact at horsefrogproductions.com. Depending on the platform you're listening from, it may also be in the episode description. Today, we are covering The Boys, the Amazon Prime show, season three, episode seven. As is tradition, we like to give a warning before covering episodes of this show. This show is intended for a mature audience and has extreme violence and some scenes of sexual misconduct. If these topics upset you, then we do not recommend you continue listening. Today, we have one edition. Yes. Comron and I have been batting around the idea of a color scale and have it really nailed. We kind of nailed it, but we're going to officialize the Glenn Close effect. It will now be GCE red for negative, like the true original Glenn Close effect, meaning when an actor or an actress cannot be separated negatively from the role they played versus the GCE green, which is good. But the person is also typecast as a certain type of person because they are very positive. You know, there's but that's a good GCE. And then we have the, we're not impacted at all by their GCE. So we said puce. Yes. <laughs> GCE puce. <laughs> so, um, so there we go. And we'll be Very calling me. Yes. Well, if we have any standout people that like when Ashley shows up, we might see, we might make a GCE red reference. And that's just, you know, just so the more, you know, folks. So. <laughs> Yeah, we may come up with a graphic for that. Yeah. Should we talk about just a reminder for those that where GCE might be something new? Do you want to just give a quick oh, yeah, rundown yeah. on what that oh, is? Yeah, it's something that we played with and I just kind of threw off the top of my head. Glenn Close Effect, it, it comes from Glenn's role in the movie Fatal Attraction. I forget what year it is. Like It's like 89, 90, something like that. And she is a stalker-esque woman in this movie. And she makes her and Michael Douglas have this affair and Mike's married, got a, a little girl, and this stuff starts coming to a head, and she starts stalking around the family and becoming a threat. And so anyhow, just Glenn Close is so scary. And so I had a hard time personally separating her from any uh, – every time I saw her in something, all I could see was her as this woman in Fatal Attraction. And that's what I call the Glenn Close effect. Right. And then for me, after some reflection, this was introduced relatively early after we started our podcast. And after putting some thought into it, I realized that the worst case of this for me is Cameron Diaz in Vanilla Sky. Which you can see on Netflix, I think, right now. Oh, <laughs> should you, you watch it yet? To... No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do I need to? Well, I mean, it's it's an okay movie. Okay. I don't know that it's amazing, but it was all right. But she's just inseparable from this role. For me personally, yes. Okay. I don't know that anybody else has that reaction. <laughs> I'll, I'll check it out for a little bit and see if I can take it. If I like it, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know if I feel the it's same. It's an interesting thriller. Okay. It's not bad. It's Cruise, right? Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise, yes. Mm -hmm. I love Tom Cruise, man. And Penelope Cruise is in that too. 
Really? Okay. Yeah. Is this is this the movie where they met? <laughs> yes, I believe this is kind of because they were dating for a little while. I think that was right after this movie. Okay. All right. Very cool. All right. Episode seven. The episode begins with a news report on the Vought News Network. The anchor says, a VNN special report, a nation betrayed. We see a live <laughs> broadcast from Starlight on her phone. She says, it's been five days and still nothing but lies from Vought. Soldier Boy is still out there and Maeve is still missing. We transition to the Cameron Coleman hour. The title on screen reads, Starlight repeats baseless claims. Cameron is in studio with Ashley. He says, Ms. Barrett, your reaction? Ashley says, once again, Maeve is in rehab, and the soldier boy thing really takes the cake. He died in 84. She is trying to incite a panic. Cameron says, I wonder if Starlight's actions could be considered treason. He gives a look at the camera. (laughs) Ashley nods and says, me too. Cameron asks, so is Starlight just hysterical? Another woman scorned after Homelander (laughs) jilted her? How many women is he going to go through? (laughs) Right. <laughs> no one right. seems to notice. Homelander. <laughs> yeah. the, the poor jilted Homelander. Yes. Yeah. I just feel so, should we take a moment for Homelander here? Just because of the sad, I'm just, just hurt for him so bad. <laughs> these women, these she devils, they keep duping know him. It. You know, he's All just a man like anybody else. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that's the, that's the Cherche La Femme saying it's you know it's uh, that's an old french saying it's like so so goes the woman i think is what it means or something mm. like that and it's one of these old sayings that means you know the where your money goes all this other stuff but if they start you know the share shayla fam is usually chasing women so mm. and, but choosing bad women but poor 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 homelander oh yeah mm. that poor guy ashley answers his question with her own question or is she trying to change the subject cameron asks from what ashley says her ties with this woman A picture of Kamiko is shown on screen as Ashley continues, a known terrorist with the Shining Light Liberation Army, a notorious human trafficking ring. Connect the dots, Cameron. The channel changes and we are treated to an old music video of Soldier Boy singing a song. (laughs) He has a cigarette in one hand and a glass of alcohol in the other. There's a woman in a red dress dancing in the background. And it's, I say it's dancing. She's kind of just moving to the beat a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. but it's not really (laughs) dancing, I would say. Right. The set has a very 50s feel to it. Yeah. How would you characterize this music? Is it island music, Latin music? It's actually what I would de- – it's called Calypso, I believe. Okay. Um, now, whether it's true Calypso or not, I don't know, but it's a popularized, Americanized form of that. But it is Caribbean music. I mean, that's kind of what it's – Caribbean music is dubbed that. And uh, mm-hmm. it's real similar to there's – a, there's an old Jimmy Soul song that I heard that used to be on a joke album when I was a kid about if you want to be happy for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And the, the story is about telling you, you know, that you need to marry an ugly woman because <laughs> they'll work really hard to keep you is what the song is. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter. Your looks are going to fade anyhow. So marry a woman that's already ugly. And, but it's very similar lyrics and it almost has that same vibe, but it's early. It's, that's got a 50s, 60s doo-wop feel, the one I'm talking about, the, the Jimmy Soul song. Okay. But, uh, that one is – I thought it was the same song. That's what led to my – because I, I thought the lyrics were the same. It just changed to that Calypso vibe. It might be a play on it, like a cover that uh, they did. No, 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 no. That's actually – it lists that song as, as Robert Mitchum as the singer. Now, okay. I didn't go deeper, but I'm talking like the singer, like the, the, the actor, the old school actor Robert Mitchum. So I need to find out if he's saying this in a movie, because mm. more than likely, I think that's what it's going to be a reference to is him singing it in the movie. It's okay. a musical. 
So I'll dig a little deeper on that. Some of the lyrics that we hear, he sings, if you want to be happy living a king's life, never make a pretty woman your wife. Now, (laughs) all you have to do is just what I say. And then you may be jolly, merry and gay. Therefore, from a logical point of view, something, something, something uglier than you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's uh, I, yeah, I think the Jimmy Soul song must be a play on this one is probably what it's got to be. OK, because I don't know. But I love that. That's the same idea, though. I love it. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. We see that the legend is watching this video and smoking a cigar. Huey asks him, what are you watching? The legend says old mistakes. I actually produced this piece of <laughs> He shuts the TV off and continues. Between you and me, Soldier Boy did to singing what pantyhose did to finger <laughs> Huey nods and says, yeah. The legend asks, what did he want? Huey says, um, well, he wanted me to tell you that you're out of Astro Glide. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we can see that the legend has a payback poster hanging on the wall with Soldier Boy front and center on it in the room that they're talking. Around the room, he also has a shield and some bows adorning the walls. There's also an American flag framed and some black and white pictures around it, likely pictures of the legend with American presidents. You think that's yeah. right with the pictures? I, I, I think that's it for sure. Okay. And, and what's with this? This is two videos we've been treated as Soldier Boy. Would you just call speaking <laughs> the lyric part? You know, he did the Blondie song. Mm-hmm. You know, I I looked that song up because I was like, he's just talking. But yeah. in the song, those parts that he was singing are she, actually they, they sound do, like they that. are. They, yes, they do. Yeah, but yeah, but Blondie could get away with it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but in this case, it's basically the same delivery. Yeah, it is. But yeah, it's it's it exactly. It's like this is his singing voice, is his speaking voice. Mm-hmm. It's like the Shatner album. You know about the Shatner album, don't you? I'm not familiar. Oh, you've never heard Shatner do Rocket Man? No. Oh my lord. You're you have not lived until you've heard William Shatner speak Rocket Man. I think I need, I need to uh, hear this now. <laughs> a Rocket Man. <laughs> Burning out his fuse out here too long. <laughs> Because he, I'm a rocket man. This is it's Elton amazing. John's it's, Rocket Man? Yes. It's amazing. Oh, man. It oh my word. It's was it a parody or why did he do I, it? I think I it's Shatner. I think he was I think he thought he was being taken seriously at one point in his life. That's mm. what made Shatner wonderful, is we thought Shatner was gonna be something. We didn't know he was going to be this something. Okay. The most beloved cheesy actor of all time. But he you know, I, I think there was like, you know, it's like have you ever seen the Twilight Zone he's in? No. There, well, there's two he's in, actually, because one of them is the, what they, they made in the movie. It's, he's the man on the wing. He sees the guy on the wing. Um, he's that guy. And then the other one is he's trapped in town by the fortune-telling machine at the table, and he won't do anything. Him and his wife come into town. Ta- you know, they're moving through town, have a car problem, they stop, and he keeps questioning the machine, and it keeps giving him answers, and things keep happening by these predictions, and he, he won't leave until it tells him it's safe to leave until he finally just has to get his will together so we thought he was going to be a good actor because those were indications of it but he's great as kirk i mean come on dude he's the fantastic delivery as kirk. of Con! yo dude <laughs> that line that, alone <laughs> see for those I'm of you that are unfamiliar <laughs> star trek 2 the wrath of Khan. oh big bang theory riffs on that two or three times okay but big time you have to see the movie the movie's slow yeah. And it's worth it just to see it for his delivery of this line. Like you have to yeah. watch the whole thing through, but yeah. it's pretty epic. Oh, it's epic, dude. Yeah. And then when you find the, out. The, now, you do know that because because of that movie, that was a year that E.T. came out, Wrath of Khan, The Thing, and Blade Runner came out. 
and Blade Runner and Things suffered in the box office and were deemed critical failures because of their failure at the box office, but in the long run are the movies that are beloved and have made more than their fair share of money and are seen as the classics. Mm. So same year, um, and it's, but yeah, the con, you know, that was the, that was the, that was the summer movie in 82. Okay. So yeah, I saw that. That was, was, so that was a good year for you, right? Because aren't those two of your favorite movies, the was, thing oh, and yeah. Blade Runner? Well, those are two of my favorite movies, but I, I didn't get to see, um, the, I, I didn't get to see the thing until I was older and Blade Runner. Yeah. I got, that was my favorite early on. Cause it was rated R. So I, I wasn't allowed to see that stuff, but my dad let me watch it with him. Cause it's not really dirty. You know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of dark and it's dark dismal, but it's, you know, if, he let me grow up watching that that Logan's Run, you know, apoc- you know, that kind of crazy, you know, weird sci-fi that's real bleak from the 70s. So that's not much bleaker. It's just visualized better. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he had no problem. And it's really this you know, Blade Runner. But yeah, but the thing, man, I fell in love with the thing the first time I saw it because I love the original the, the Thing from Outer Space or from Another World. Mm-hmm. That's a, they're, they're both brilliant movies. It's still, the, the black and white still holds up to this day, man. It's a magnificent movie. I don't know that I've seen that. Oh, fantastic all right we need to we need to move on yeah. here okay yeah. so after huey delivers the message that astroglide <laughs> is required the legend says you know i would say you are overstaying your welcome but what welcome right i love this guy <laughs> i do too huey says i thought you and soldier boy were friends the legend says why because he forced his way into my home let me tell you something kid i don't make friends with talent they're all the same huey says i mean they're not all the same the legend shrugs and says, eh. Huey says, come on. Soldier Boy was a hero, right? I mean, he stormed Normandy. The legend says, yeah, he did. Two weeks after D-Day for the photo op. Huey asks, so he didn't see any action? The legend says, not in Germany. Sprayed a fire hose in Birmingham. Some target practice at Kent State. There were rumors about Dealey Plaza. Let's break these pieces of info down. Yes. Yes. Now, I assume Birmingham is referring to the Birmingham riot of 1963. This was a civil disorder and riot in Birmingham, Alabama, that was provoked by bombings on the night of May 11th, 1963. The bombings targeted African-American leaders of the Birmingham campaign, but ended in the murder of three adolescent girls. And the law enforcement used fire hoses, among other things, to subdue the riots. Yes, I believe. Isn't that what the movie Mississippi Burning is based on, I believe? I don't recall. I saw that so long ago. I know it. It's been so long, but it's, mm-hmm. it has to do with the civil rights movement. And I remember little girls being murdered. So I'm a, I think it's what Mississippi Burning is about. Is about the Birmingham. Didn't they have Samuel Jackson riot. in it? Uh, it had Gene Hackman in it. Okay. It may have had Samuel L. Jackson possibly. I, I didn't know who he would have been at that time. Because mm-hmm. that, that, that movie came out in the 80s, 90s. Okay. All right, so the Kent State, I believe you have referenced this before in our podcast. Now, this occurred on May 4th, 1970. Members of the Ohio National Guard fired into a crowd of Kent State University demonstrators, killing four and wounding nine Kent State students. Now, it's interesting that he says target practice. Maybe, you know, they're, they're throwing this at Soldier Boy's feet. Could be. You know, that's 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 what I take from the inference of that it's kind of like and as all of these i'm assuming are all incidents that are can all be laid at his feet right like he escalated to the point where yes. they became what they did because of his actions yes mm-hmm. and then dealey plaza of course was where president john f kennedy was assassinated in dallas and it's pretty now, crazy how he was 
allegedly involved in all three of these. It was. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you. I'm about this because I probably have it because we haven't talked about Dallas. My uncle was the chief of police in Fort Worth at that time. Mm. And he had gone through Fort Worth first, I believe. And so my uncle was, you know, I don't know if you, but he was just, you know, we were thankful that it, it didn't happen under his watch or y'all would all know who my uncle is. Yeah. You know, and it's not hard to probably find out who my uncle was with that little bit of information I gave you. So, I mean, you can find mm-hmm. out quite easily. So it's pretty, uh, you know, pretty, pretty wild times that was. And that's before my time, of course, but. Right. So. Right. I just, but I just, I, it was interesting that my uncle was the chief of police and that he was, I think he, like I said, I think they went to Fort Worth first and then Dallas. Small world. Small world. Oh, oh, the other one. Okay. This is another, this is a fun one for you of someone I've met and knew. Do you know what the Zapruder film is? No. We all, if you've seen Kennedy assassinated, you've seen it. That's what that is. That's the Zapruder okay. film. Okay. Um, Abel Zapruder, Abe or Abe, I'm not sure. He was a dry cleaner, I believe, in Dallas. Him and his wife were, they were just downtown for the uh, procession. And he was running his late millimeter at the time and, and captured that. Mrs. Zapruder was a customer of mine at my that gas station I ran. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Wow. I knew, yeah, you know, the gas station, man, I, ran, I, I knew a bunch of the local Dallas celebrities. They they came through our station a lot and we did business. We I was on the news a lot because Channel 11 is who we did. They We, we were the people that maintained their fleet and they bought gas from us. Oh, we had okay. to deal with them. So I got to know the, the people, not the on-air people, but the everyone else and and a couple of the on-air people I did know, they but they'd come interview us when when if there was ever a gas story to be had, they just came down to us, talked to us because they knew us. <laughs> so would you be on air answering? No. Okay, so <laughs> how would you have answered any questions about the current gas situation <laughs> if you were still running that gas station? <laughs> Boy, well, part of it, part of the scary thing that folks do not seem to understand, and they should be furious, is I reflect back on my time in the business and. Gas at that point. Now, a lot of this, of course, the gas pricing has uh, the, is taxed ridiculously so. Mm-hmm. So much so that a gas station makes one cent off of a gallon of regular gasoline. Yeah, now, you, you make it off of concessions, right? Your profit. Yes. Mostly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, br- you, you bring them in. You bring them in for buy to sell other things to them. Mm-hmm. Um, that, but gas is a lost leader item, and and people get mad when companies make record years. Exxon made a record year, and the and the media trolled them about it because they made so much money. And when you factored in everything, the company made a penny per gallon of oil. And the government makes about seven. You know, the, the state government's going to make you know fifty to sixty to seventy cents on a gallon of gasoline. Federal government's going to make another dollar, dollar and a half on top of that gasoline. So allegedly, the, that money at the state level is going to maintain the roads, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And okay. I, I, I now I understand a some bit of taxing, but for the fact that you know that's always laid at the gas people's feet, it's like they send people to go get the oil, they bring it here, they clean it, and they sell it, and the government makes money hand over fist over this stuff, and then they and then people want to blame the oil companies. It's like no, it's the government, dude. Mm. Government and because they if they care they they could we could drop some taxes on the gas because the people that are most impacted by high gas prices aren't the rich. Yeah, I don't, I don't care how much gas costs. It's the mm-hmm. poor people that, that you know that live in cities where you have to drive. Some I'm sorry, not everyone lives in the city and has right. access to great public transportation. Right. Some people have to drive. So, okay. Thank you for that. Sorry about going off the rails on there. No, I I asked the question as a pseudo reporter for Channel 11 in Dallas News. (laughs) 
And I gave kind of an answer slash non-answer. So it was <laughs> just blame the government. It's their fault. It's well, it's it's the ubiquitous there, <laughs> them, they. After the legend mentions Dealey Plaza, Huey asks, "Wait, what?" <laughs> the legend says, "Yeah," and they call them the good old days. The thing is, to be American means knowing you're the hero. So what do we do? We sweep all our filthy under the rug and we tell ourselves a myth like soldier boy and i get stinking rich selling it butcher walks in and says there you are he takes off his glasses and asks oh me is he still at it we're taken to another room in the house we hear reo speed wagons can't fight this feeling anymore playing as the room pans into view we find a robed soldier boy pleasuring himself to two naked elderly women dancing in front of him in a bedroom Butcher says, ladies, you got a minute? Soldier Boy turns and looks at Butcher and company without stopping his activity. He says, oh, good. Lube? Huh? Come on. I can't go in raw. He nods at the ladies. Huey says, please don't make eye contact. I <laughs> love it. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. That's awkward. It's just, wow. Wow. Soldier Boy says, Huey, listen. These women, they're like fine wine. Okay, the older they get, the more delicious, but the drier. <laughs> the legend wow. comes in and says, Mary, Lucille, come on, chop, chop. Break time's over. That shag's not going to vacuum itself. Come on. The women grab the vacuum and their cleaning supplies and hurry out of the room. <laughs> Soldier Boy stops and asks, what's the problem? <laughs> the legend says, oh, my word. I what's the problem? That. First of all, I can never fire those girls now. Thank you. And second of all, this bed has seen two Jacklins. You know that? Smith and Bissett. He looks at Huey and nods after he says this. First of all, like, why does he always look at Huey for affirmation after he makes these comments? It's not like Huey knows who any of these people are, you know? I don't know. People, you know, everyone's got to have that person. It's, it's he's the black noir of the bunch. It's like, well, you <laughs> know, they all look to him for, but they look to him for answers and he's got no answers. You Are you familiar with the psychology of when you're in a group of people and you hear a joke, you'll look at the person that you most resonate with? within that group oh, the person you're closest sense. with so i wonder if that has anything to do with it or they're just i don't know if they delve that far into it from a character perspective right but i think it's funny that he's always looking at huey and like nodding you know or telling him about these people that huey has no idea that he should be impressed you know <laughs> right right i love, I love that huey doesn't know any of these people either. Uh -huh. that's always funny yeah and then also how old is this mattress for oh, the, it to have seen these two people, that's like, what, 70s. 50 years ago? It's, seven, it's 70s, yeah. It's, uh -huh. it's the 70s minimum. <laughs> that's yeah. not all that thing's seen, get probably. A new, get, get a new mattress, sir. <laughs> you're the legend. Yeah. I'm sure you can afford Bronze that mattress if you're that proud of it, and then get you a new mattress. Yep. The legend continues. You're, you're treating it like a Reno cat house. Soldier Boy says, <laughs> and sighs, then takes a drag on his cigarette. Butcher says, the problem is you gave me 11 of Mindstorm's last knowns. So far, I've had a look at three and found all. I I'm chasing me tail here, mate. Soldier Boy says, sounds like that's three down and eight to go. What an attitude. <laughs> the attitude of a champion. 
<laughs> I don't love him. I don't love Soldier Boy. I'm, I, I'm really great. conflicted about him because I know we keep hearing about how bad he was in the past. You don't see a lot of that now. Well, well, other than the blowing up a mansion full of people. Granted, they're a bunch of degenerates, but do they deserve to have the mansion blown up and killing however many he killed in that last debacle? Now it was a great fight scene. <laughs> it was worth. He did say they shouldn't be in his way. They won't get hurt if they're yeah. not in his way. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> Warnings were issued. I agree. I, I, I do agree. Warnings were issued too. But I, 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 this does again. This doesn't. I'm not. I'm not hating. I don't I'm, care I'm that he blew the house up either. He legit did murder. Uh, like how those people. But he, that, he, was murder, but he was the victim. No, no, hold on. He was the victim there because that was oh, a right. PTSD episode. It wasn't intentional. Yes. That was Love Sausage's fault because he was playing that (laughs) Russian music. That's true. I guess we can blame Love Sausage. Well, he got his when he got his powers taken away and something got scorched and he had to drag it around his neck, take it out. Oh, my God. I'm going to move on. I shouldn't have gone down that road. Butcher says, yeah, and that's going to take weeks and weeks I don't got. The legend is still complaining, though no one is listening to him. He says, Egyptian cotton sheets, and now I got to burn them. Soldier Boy says, the deal was, we get the rest of my team, then we get Homelander. Butcher says, and what I'm saying is, I could use a hand figuring it out. Soldier Boy says, I told you, Mindstorm's a paranoid but hell, if you could hear everybody's thoughts, you'd be too. Look, he bought up all these rundown cabins all over the place. He's Howard Hughes without the piss jars. He's bat <laughs> crazy. The legend says, Mindstorm's not crazy. He's bipolar. Huey asks, he's bipolar? The legend confirms that he is. Huey asks, does he take meds for it? The legend says, I believe so. At least he did. He walks out of the room and yells to the cleaning crew, girls, it smells like sex and Ben Gay in here. <laughs> Huey tells Butcher, lithium prescriptions aren't that common. I mean... I doubt he's making it. Maybe if we look at the cabins and we butcher finishes the statement and then check the local pharmacies. Huey says, yeah. Butcher says, see who's handing out lithium. He smiles and pats Huey on the shoulder saying, nice one, Huey. Huey beams with pride. Is this the first genuine praise butcher has ever given Huey? I think so. I mean, he's really pleased think, with I him mean, here. He, he, he's given him a kind of like some small, attaboys a little bit but not one of those like i mean look you in the eye and go i mean that was like nice one Huey. i mean it was a really genuine one that he has not given like that before i agree yeah i don't think i've seen that from him ever it, it really the, surprised me actually the only yeah the only t- other time we see him genuine is with ryan homelander's son mm-hmm. so um, yeah some of that real the nice side of him came to this nice to see yeah soldier boy says we're gonna need more reefer <laughs> Butcher and Huey turn to look at him. He smiles. Butcher and Huey look at each other and then leave. We see two massive reinforced doors open and Homelander smiles and enters Maeve's holding cell. Two things here before we get into the scene. One, I'm glad to see Maeve's alive. That's a relief because we had no idea what happened to her. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Two. I agree. Why wasn't this the room they put Starlight in? This is the holding mm-hmm. cell with the beefy doors on it. They still aren't seven feet thick, but they are much more robust than the two-inch door on the cell they threw Starlight into during season two. Maybe this is the upgrade. Mm. Maybe they realize, whoops. Maybe it's the same room and they just, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's well, definitely no, it's, completely it's remodeled. Yeah. Definitely a different, yeah. different lighting, all well, that kind of stuff, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just straight up that white light, but the, it's got the rounded corners and it's, it's a nice looking room, but it's, a, it's like a vault almost mm-hmm. minus this minus anything else. It's a concrete vault. Yeah. <laughs> Homelander says, Hey, how are you doing? Maeve doesn't respond. Homelander says, look, I I'm sorry about all this. I wish I could say you get used to it, but you never do. So where are they hiding? Maeve is stone faced. Homelander inhales in frustration and says, butcher and soldier boy. Where are they? Maeve stands up and approaches him. She takes a look at his face more closely and says, wait, is is that concealer? Do you have a bruise? Homelander Mm. turns as if to leave, then turns back in frustration and says, do you have any idea what you've set loose? Butcher has powers. I assume thanks to you. They've killed Crimson Countess and seven other heroes. Maeve, seven. The ones that, that survived are done. They're powerless. Soldier Boy fried the V right out of their blood somehow. Maeve, do you understand? That could happen to any one of us. She shrugs and says, yeah, that's the difference between you and me. You need to be a soup. I can't wait till it's over. That statement right there was interesting to me. It is. It is. I agree. She is one that this, I think the one thing I like so much about this season in particular, and, and, and this episode does this a lot too, even though, I mean, I said, this is kind of what we call a setup episode, I feel for the end, Mm -hmm. but is we got an answer on so many folks. I mean, uh, stories that we, you know, we now know more about Frenchie. We now know the thing with, you know, MM where, you know, we're learning the thing with Maeve. We've learned the thing about black noir. It's about time. We learn backstories that are, that are backstories you want to know. Right. And, but she's one, I, I mean, I don't know why she wants it to be over either. I'm assuming it's because, I wouldn't want to lose the powers, but I could do without the fame. Mm-hmm. Go go live out in the sticks or go go man of steel it. Go build you a place up where nobody goes or can go. Go build you a place up in Antarctica and just chill out. And then when you when they need you, go over there and then you ain't got to hang out with these folks. But <laughs> or have them follow you around everywhere. But they but Homelander wants to be in the public eye so bad. Right. And she doesn't. I think and that and again, she's lost so much this past couple seasons, especially with the with the Elena situation. Right. I mean, she did everything and it's all out and that's not even really what she wanted, but here's the consequences of kind of what she wanted. I think she wanted that relationship. She just didn't want it to be public. And Vought yes. really latched onto that to try and yeah. you know, get well, like that. I said, that, alt- that yeah. And we altered her whole I mean, she went from Maeve to Brave Maeve. Right. I mean that that's got to be heavy to be to deal with to carry all this you know and the, again they she doesn't care as much as other people do but it's 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 weird it's an interesting concept on the popularity bothering the I mean and I, I I know from a personal fact of popularity bothering people who are famous from my own experience with people that were famous mm-hmm. you know they don't like it they don't like people they like when you just kind of treat them like folks right <laughs> they don't want you to think about hey that you're so-and-so it's like yeah i'm just yeah it's, it's hard to get over that for some people right right especially nowadays with uh like particularly with podcasting and kind of social media the viewers and fans of these really popular people they develop a one-sided relationship with them because the person they're listening to or watching they express so much of themselves, either as genuine or it's a character they're playing, right? Right. And when the fans see them in public, I've heard from a number of famous people that it's it's really weird to them because this person comes up to them and acts like they know them and they know a lot about them, right? But the right. the person that has the fame, they don't know anything about this person at all. So it's really hard to kind of jump into that situation on on good footing. 
right? It, it's yeah. just difficult to deal with for some people. Yeah, I can say, and I, I totally, it can be really hard. Yeah. Homelander sighs and walks to look out the window in the thick door. Boy, that's <laughs> a thick door. He puts his hands on his hips and says, Maeve. She asks, why are you letting me live? He grumbles and says, Maeve. He sits down on a bench against the wall and says, you know, back when things were uh, better between us, I used to dream of having kids with you. She makes a noise like she's not pleased with this. He chuckles and says, no, I did. A family. Nesting. You know. I, I mean, can you imagine how perfect our kids would be? Sublime. Twice as strong as Ryan. No kid of mine would ever know a room like this. I'll tell you that. She says, just so you know, I'll shatter whatever you try to stick up there. <laughs> he indignantly says, Maeve, don't be so crass. We're not savages. I respect what you are, even if you don't. I would never force myself on you, but I am going to harvest your eggs. He pauses and she looks at him in surprise. He stammers a bit and continues, that way if, God forbid, you do die, whether by accident or choice, you'll die knowing that the very best of you carries on with me. See, Maeve, I'm not letting you live. I'm keeping you alive. He moves to leave. She laughs and says, this is still a top three day in my life because today is the day I saw you scared. Mm. Homelander stops in the doorway and turns to look at her. They have a stare down. Then he smiles and leaves. It's a horrific thought thinking about him taking your eggs without her consent. Can you imagine someone trying to steal your genetics and using them against your will? Oh, no. Absolutely not. I mean, and that that's that's torturous. I mean, you know, even though they're not going to hurt her, mm -hmm. but I, I think I think their idea is to. I almost feel like Homelander at this point just wants to do what he wants to do, and then leaves her there to rot mm -hmm. and or kill herself. Right. You know, that's that's sad. He did say scary. by choice or accident, right? So yeah. he's leaving it kind of. I think he could yeah. frame her death in whatever way he wanted to justify whatever he has to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if she's, I'm wondering if she, how, if she's tried to get out. Cause I mean, if she, I thought if she, I don't even think she's tried to get out. Doesn't look like it. Yeah. Cause if I think that even the place is no matter how strong it is, she's strong enough to punch concrete. I'm pretty sure she can take that truck running her down and not do anything to her. She may not get anything done, but she might chip the concrete. You'd, but I think you'd see something. That armored that car. immaculate. When she was in the yeah. back with that robber and she oh, was throwing yeah. him against the Her side, it was imprinting his body in the yeah. metal on the so side of that. So, yeah. Strong, yeah. so she's strong enough to do damage to that room, but she did not try. Right. I don't think. Yeah. Try, waiting and seeing, I guess. Mm -hmm. What else can you do? Yeah. She, she's not getting out. <laughs> now, what type of womb could host this baby? It, you know, because she's not going to be having yeah. He's harvesting her eggs. So you got to yeah. think this baby... Uh, it's got to have some type of super womb to grow in. Well, I mean, you know, I'm just curious if any of the beside, you know, Maeve, of course, is the ideal candidate being her own eggs, but she wouldn't do it. But Stormfront would have been one mm -hmm. that they could have uh, that, that I leaned into that thinking that they might possibly go that route at one point. Yeah, but, um, but they would just use her eggs, right? Stormfront's own. Well, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, but, but the other the other option is to you know, you're, but you're going to have to. I don't know. I, I don't know how that really works. I mean, you you, you do put it in the test tube, but then you don't you you put the egg and the sperm together, and then you 
re-put it back in a woman implanted in there right so correct so you could just, i mean so a woman can carry someone else's child we know so uh, can't they yes th- th- that that happens quite frequently if there's a, right, that's, a that's scenario what, that's what where the woman or the couple can't have a natural pregnancy on their own so they starlight uh, that's a possibility could. yeah you know any of these soup women you know might be more you know and it might not be voluntary either but mm. you know <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, but there's, I, I think a lot of those, are, we know that there's other soup women out there. Right. And we know how, how zero scruples a Homelander has. I'm curious to see how far he's willing to go. We'll see. Yeah, we, yes, we will. Well, we got to, because Ben, like I said, we're coming up on the end of it. We're coming up on a finale next yeah. week. And the, the sad thing is when we get through that finale, we're not going to be able to immediately go into the next season like we did it. with this one. I know it. <laughs> we're going to have to wait mm-hmm. a year. At, le- at least these guys are nice enough to put out things by a year. I just, we're about caught up on Westworld. And Westworld is looks like it's still going to keep going, but the, I looked at their schedule and it's been every other year for them since they came out. Mm-hmm. So four seasons was eight years. I'm like, oh my goodness, right? But it's been really good. Okay, <laughs> but I'm like, you. It's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to wait with the rest of you folks. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A battered and beaten Kamiko and Frenchie show up on MM's doorstep. He asks, "The hell happened to you two? Frenchie says, "It is but trivial." MM says, "Trivial, my." Y'all look like y'all got hit by a truck. Starlight is there. She sees Kamiko and says, oh, my God, you shouldn't even be on your feet. Come here. Come here. Come on. Starlight takes Kamiko and says, yeah, um, we're just going to go lie down for a minute. Okay, come on. Frenchie says to Starlight, she insisted when you called, right? He then turns to MM and says, Butcher is everyone's problem now. We're here to help. That's interesting coming from Frenchie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, think about where they came from. I mean, they yeah. just came from patching themselves up after being tortured by Nina and almost murdered. That was an intense scene. Oh, that's one of the most intense things I've seen in a long time. Yeah, period. yeah, it was rough. <laughs> that was really intense. Yeah. I did not like that bike lock that they put around his neck. Oh, the, the thought yeah. of having that happen to you or to my to me, oh. like, mm, oh, no. <laughs> that scares me. Yeah, it's scary. I don't know why that's so scary, but it scares me. Yeah. Frenchie drops his bag, then stumbles over to something on the coffee table and points at it. MM crosses his arms and asks, Frenchie, are you high? Frenchie says, well, that goes without saying. (laughs) Butcher, Huey, and Soldier Boy open the trunk to Butcher's car. They're in the woods. Huey is looking at his phone and says, okay, satellite view has mine storms placed about two miles in, due west. Butcher says, two miles? me. We could have parked closer. He closes the trunk and turns to Soldier Boy, who is smoking some weed. Butcher asks, so, do you mind telling us what we're walking into here? Soldier Boy says, all you got to know is, if he tries to make eye contact with you, close your eyes. Huey asks, or what? Soldier Boy says, just don't make eye contact with him. Then you got nothing to worry about. He turns <laughs> around and walks further away from Butcher and Huey as he takes a drag on his joint. Huey asks Butcher, hey, why do you keep buying him, like, hefty bags full of weed? Butcher says, better high than mental. Takes the edge off his PTSD. Huey asks, wait, he has PTSD? Butcher says, yeah, I saw it at Herogasm. It's why he's blowing the out of everything. They both turn and look at Soldier Boy, who has his back to them. Butcher continues, we got to keep that dozy as a lamb. Huey says, so, just to recap, uh, he's radioactive, highly traumatized, and heavily self-medicated. Feels good. <laughs> Feels right. <laughs> yes it does 
Yes, it does. Butcher is preparing to shoot up some V24. He says, tell me about it. I mean, what sad bastard self-medicates like that, eh? He ironically hands Huey the syringe. Nice call, Butcher. <laughs> yeah. I love it, too. It's just, you're right. It's so obvious a blind man can say it. It's so funny. <laughs> we are taken to Buster Beaver's Pizza Restaurant. I was checking to see if this is an actual restaurant. It is not. But the show did produce a commercial for it. You can find it on YouTube. I watched it. It was funny. I loved it. It was troubling and funny. What was troubling about time. it? Uh, I don't know. It's just I probably, I think it's because of I, I just after seeing the episode, I associate the you know the characters oh, with something else. Okay. So seeing them in this video, I was like, I'm, I'm seeing them as the people they're representative of. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. In the commercial. Okay, yeah. When we cover that later, it'll probably shed a little insight into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it does have a Chuck E. Cheese feel to it. This place. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. At the end of the commercial, there is a website, BusterBeaversPizza.com. If you go there, it takes you to the boys' Amazon Prime page. The restaurant in the show is abandoned and dilapidated. Black Noir walks in. He stands in front of a wall with a mural of the cartoon mascots for the restaurant and stares at it for a moment. He opens a can of baked beans and pours it into a pet feeding bowl sitting on top of one of the tables in the restaurant. He sits down on a chair at the table. We can see there are multiple bowls of baked beans from past visits. The animated characters begin coming out of the woodwork to surround Black Noir. The pig begins eating the baked beans. A bird lands on Black Noir's hand and takes off again. Buster Beaver pokes his head out from behind a curtain and says, Irving, sooner or later you're going to have to talk about it. Buster Beaver has a stutter. I'm not going to replicate it. It is interesting that Black Noir's manifestation of this character has a stutter, though. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. I can't remember when did Irving have a stutter when he was talking to Stan Egger when they were in the jungle? Not that I noticed. I don't think he did either. Certainly not like this. Yeah, I was just curious, though, if this is what if he were to talk now, if this is if this is closer to his true voice. Mm. Hard to say. Yeah, I know it because we we might have to circle back to that after we get later in this episode. Okay. Yeah, after we, after we talk about what happened to him exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Buster Beaver approaches the table and says, "Remember when you were nine and you hid in that ball pit right over there after you paralyzed Lewis Frankel? He has a ball in his hand and he throws it. We can hear it bounce around a bit. Now that was an animated ball, so he's hallucinating. Black Norris hallucinating yes. this <laughs> Beaver character throwing this ball around." The beaver continues. This is just like that. You can't hide from Soldier Boy. We're your best pals, aren't we? We got you through that erection in the seventh grade, that Hard Rock Cafe massacre in Lagos. And by golly, we'll get you through this too. This is the second time we're hearing about this massacre in the Hard Rock Cafe. I want to know what happened there. I think I think we will find out. It will. I hope I say this by at the end of this season because. I referred to this the first time when this was mentioned, I dug and it started leading me to something Okay, that was like a going to be a spoiler. So I stopped. So I think that we will get that answer next episode, I believe. Okay. All right. Hopefully we do. So I read, I, I, yeah. Cause I read a little further than I meant to. I know, I know two things and it's like, and it's like, Oh man, crap. I got to stop. Mm-hmm. It, was mm-hmm. like, I, it took me a second to realize what I had read. And then when I did, I'm like, Oh man. Okay. Right. <laughs> After Buster Beaver tells Black Noir he's their friend, all the other characters chime in confirming that they're there for him as well. Black Noir stands up and takes his chair to another table, then sits down. He's facing a different direction than where his friends are standing. He crosses his arms defensively. 
He slowly looks towards his friends, then quickly looks away again. Now, he had these imaginary friends before the brain damage in Nicaragua. Yeah, if he hid in that ball pit, that means... Yeah, he was nine years old when that happened. He he threw a ball so hard it killed or paralyzed a kid? Is that what what you're thinking? No, no. The ball, I I just mentioned that because the beaver threw it. I I don't think the breaking of the neck had anything to do with the ball. He hid in the ball pit when he accidentally broke someone's neck. I don't think they were connected. Right. Okay, I just didn't know if maybe he used one of those balls from the ball pit and broke a kid's neck well, and then hid there. Uh, with you know, how lethal he is, this. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, yes, this also brings up speculation on uh, on my part about Black Noir, the other things. But I, like again, I we, we we've agreed at the end of this season, I will reveal to you off air what I've read about Homelander. Or not Homelander, but about Black Noir. Yeah, after episode and, uh, eight, I'm okay after, with that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. but I'm gonna but this all this and why it can't be the same person, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't work another way. Okay, this episode this this episode ending is really great. Okay, <laughs> Soldier Boy is leading Butcher and Huey through the forest. He turns to them and asks, "What did you say?" Butcher asks, "What?" Soldier Boy asks, "What?" Butcher says, "Nothing, mate." <laughs> Huey says, "No one said nothing." Soldier Boy looks confused and turns and continues on. Butcher and Huey share a confused look. There's also a measure of concern in that look. Absolutely. Huey notices something and says, hey, hey, uh, your brain's leaking. He motions to Butcher's ear. Butcher reaches up and wipes some black goo from his ear and looks at it. Soldier Boy is walking and his foot hits a tripwire. He says, oh, just as an explosion rocks him, throwing him some distance away. Huey and Butcher are also knocked down. As Butcher sits up, Mindstorm appears from the smoke and is looking into his eyes. Butcher says, oh, and closes his eyes, but it's too late. He sees a bunch of flashbacks from his childhood, his dad beating him, his brother Lenny, someone taking a gun out of a box, a tea kettle whistling on the stove. Butcher wakes up and he's in the kitchen of his childhood home. The kettle is whistling on the stove. He says, what the is this? He sees a younger version of his mom sitting at the kitchen table smoking. She has a thousand yard stare. He says, mum, oi, mum. When she doesn't respond, he says, mindstorm. He turns around and reaches for a doorknob so he can leave the room. It blurs out of existence. He yells out, knock it off, you little freak. Come on. In reality, Huey is frantically trying to bring Butcher out of his coma. He's slapping his face and saying, Butcher, wake up, wake up. Soldier Boy walks up and says, freak slipped away. He's going to pick us off one by one. Huey is still saying, come on, wake up, Butcher. Butcher, wake up. Soldier Boy says, no, you're wasting your time. He's gone. Huey asks, what did Mindstorm do? Soldier Boy says, well, if it's his usual MO, trapped him in an endless nightmare till he dies of terminal dehydration. Mm. What a way to go. Uh, Pretty horrific. It's basically torturing someone to death. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's crazy. And it is a horrific thought. Yeah, it's uh, that is that's a nasty one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Huey says, no, there's got to be a way we can wake him up. Soldier Boy says, Mindstorm put him into this. He can snap him out of it. Huey says, okay, great. Uh, Soldier Boy says, but he's about to be dead. <laughs> Huey says, wait, wait, just hang on. If we, if, we, if we grab Mindstorm, we make him help Butcher. Soldier Boy says, no way, and begins walking off. Huey desperately says, and then, and then you can kill him. Then you can go to town on him. Man, I don't give a Soldier Boy stops walking and turns to Huey. He says, hey. If you're going to act hysterical, I'm going to slap you like I'm Connery. Now, unless you want to end up like your friend there, it ain't worth the risk. Look, chin up, okay? Deal's a deal. 
You help me finish this, I'll kill Homelander. Butcher would have given up his life for that in a heartbeat. So we doing this or not? Now, did you get the Sean Connery reference when he said it? I did, but I took I saw I I took it differently. Okay, well, maybe I could be taking it wrong too. Then I, of course, am when I when I when I thought of that, I was thinking of Connery in the movies, okay, especially Bond in particular. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, think about. I mean, I recently tried to. I, I went back and did the Connery Bond. Uh, about a, after after my wife passed, I didn't have much better to do watching stuff, and it was on Prime because around release dates, you know, we always get Bond stuff. Mm-hmm. So I watched that stuff, and and the one that got me is how much yeah, I've seen him whack a woman, and then you know the next minute they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So and he was also one to use not just the it, it, it's there's another guy on YouTube I watch that in horror movies you see this a lot he called it the pimp slap connery was the master of the pimp. it's like the backhand or or the or you can even write do with the for, forward face and but you it's a hardcore slap and he would do that in the movies and that was done to a lot of women in movies mm-hmm. but uh i i watched this i didn't know about this until what the, what you're about to bring up here and i watched that and i was like oh when you're when you're okay so before we get into what i'm going to get up uh, talk about here your mention of the backhand or the front hand reminds me of a joke that my friends and I used to say to each other. Okay. It, would, it was discipline or abuse. And so like oh, well, right, right, right. the, 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 the <laughs> open hand slap is abuse and the backhand slap is discipline. Oh, <laughs> Those are men talking I mean, to I, each I, other. So it's not, uh, you know, exactly. it's not, I would, I would have thought it would have been the other way around. Uh, really? Uh, cause yeah. Cause you get the knuckle, you get the knuckle in the back. I don't know. You know, mm. Okay. Now, unless you some. All right. So before we get I into guess, this topic here, dive into we the, are yeah. not advocating or condoning what is being discussed here. I'm no, simply providing insight into this not. reference. Okay. Yes. In 1987, on a Barbara Walters interview, she asked Sean Connery about a prior interview where he was talking about slapping a woman. Sean Connery said his views hadn't changed. When pushed, he gave his justification saying, when you have tried everything else and women are pretty good at this. They can't leave it alone, eh? They want to have the last word, and you give them the last word. But they're not happy with the last word. They want to say it again and and get into a really provocative situation. Then I think it's absolutely right. <laughs> this, this reminds me of a Bill Burr skit. But go he ahead. actually references <laughs> this. Bill Burr oh, did yeah, yeah. something on this. Does, okay. Uh, yeah. oh, okay. That may be what I'm thinking mm-hmm. about. So. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Now, you should have seen the look on her face throughout this interview. Oh, oh, that was. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, it was pretty. It was pretty priceless. So the I last mean, thing that she says to him is you're going to get a lot of mail about this. And he said, maybe some female. <laughs> yes, he did. He's like, maybe some female. So the, maybe some female. Yeah. <laughs> In his inimitable. I, I, I wish I could have done this with his accent. Now, what oh, sticks it. out to me the most about this is how he absolutely owns it. Zero. Oh, yeah. Given. It's incredible you know like if oh, you yeah. imagine somebody talking like this today right it's, it wouldn't happen oh no one would talk like this today but i mean it's just it's crazy 1987 was not that long ago nope that was the, well it was the year i graduated high school yeah <laughs> either way i thought this is what the that, reference was referring to again not condoning it not yeah. saying it's okay right but yeah, because I because I'm not sure if that's the, if that's the reference or if it's the fact that you know Bond did you know his character slapped a bunch of women in movies, but that was that was what happened in a bunch of old movies. And I remember that. Guys too. Then, uh, calm down, calm down, calm down. Pack slap, slap, slap. What was uh, Gone with the Wind? 
He slaps during that, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then Godfather 2, there was an epic slap in that one when she tells Michael that she aborted his son. You remember that? He leaps across the room and slaps her. I'm not a Godfather guy. Okay. That that one in particular. I tried. Yeah. But I need to go. I need to go back now that we've lost James Caan because mm-hmm. I know he's. In, I know he plays his brother, doesn't he? Yeah, in the first Pacino's one, his brother. Yeah. Okay. So I need to go back and watch that because I'm such a. I'm still overwhelmed with the James Caan loss, but I have to watch Thief first. <laughs> I, I'm in the process of watching that. I've never seen it before. Nice. With Thief. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Are you? It's, it, if you love you, you like Michael Mann. I do. It's Michael Mann. Yeah. It's, it's James Caan. You can't lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Willie Nelson. Yeah, yeah, that that was it's, an interesting casting weird, choice. Yeah, what about James? What about James Belushi? That's the other interesting yeah, character yeah. choice. Mm-hmm. As a tough guy, but he's he's great in it though. Mm-hmm. He's he's good in that. After Soldier Boy asks Huey if they are still going after Mindstorm, Huey struggles but reaches down for his satchel. Soldier Boy says, "Leave it. We got to move fast," and begins walking quickly. Suddenly, he stops and holds up a hand. He says, "Ah, you hear that?" Huey says, uh, you might want to lay off the weed, huh? Soldier Boy says, and you might want to gargle my ball sack. He takes off. <laughs> Huey quickly gets the satchel and puts it under Butcher's head. Then he follows him. I love Soldier. I do love Soldier Boy. Yeah, I, don't care I really like his character. I don't know. Even if he's a bad dude, you know, he kind of reminds me of in a weird way, I guess. is It's like if you took Captain America and blended him with the Punisher. It's like, yeah. <laughs> You got a little of both. Yeah. It's like, I, got, I like both those guys. So I'm like, all right, okay. Mm-hmm. In Butcher's Mind Prison, he sees a memory of him performing a card trick for Lenny when they were kids. That's three card Monte. You remember Monty? I mean, it's, remember that graph? Do you ever see him? It's just find the lady. It sounds familiar, but I don't recall off the top of my head. Yeah. It's just what it's, you'll see it in a lot of New York subways or places where subway, it's, it's a hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll let you, the, these guys will let you win. You put a, 10 20 bucks they'll let you win a couple times to sucker you and then you start then they start taking your money and then they when then when they it's it's kind of it's just an old grift okay they hear the dad yelling where is he lenny where the lenny butcher gets lenny to hide in the closet they can hear the dad say left his bloody bike in the garden again the dad enters the room and says lenny lenny seeing no one he says billy it's really (laughs) menacing the way he says it it. the adult butcher says Leave off him, you and puts his hand out to stop him. The dad walks through Butcher and opens the closet. The young Butcher is hiding under the bed and coughs. The dad turns and says, gotcha. He pulls Butcher out from under the bed and stands him up. He says, where is he? Butcher asks, who? This earns him a punch from the dad who then says, don't me about. Where is he? The dad takes off his belt and whips Butcher with it. The adult Butcher gets flashbacks to him beating gunpowder to death as he's watching this. The dad says, snotty little and leaves. Sometime later, Butcher is sitting on his bed and says, Lenny, it's okay. Lenny comes out of the closet and begins tending to Butcher's wounds. The adult Butcher gets another flash of the box containing the pistol. Now, this entire mind sequence, like all of these mind sequences that we're going to go through, they're really tough to get through. Yeah. Yeah. And these guys had a really horrific childhood. Yeah. Obviously, very traumatic nightmarish existence for these poor guys Mm -hmm. back in mm's apartment frenchie is watching the russian experiments on soldier boy and smoking a cigarette mm opens the patio door and says i thought you quit 
Frenchie says, the Lord hates quitters. <laughs> I love That's great, dude. Oh, man. Frenchie. Frenchie. I love that man. Serge. Serge. MM points at the screen and says, is that Halothane? I chucked some at him at Herogasm. The mother didn't even flinch. Frenchie laments, it will be the greatest sorrow of my life that I missed Herogasm. <laughs> Everyone, hey. Everyone thought of you, Frenchie. <laughs> yeah. But no, this is not Halothane. You see the texture? It's all wrong. MM asks, what is it then? Frenchie picks up a folder and says, well, let's find out. They both begin looking through some papers. Frenchie is looking down at a paper and suddenly begins to nod off. As he's beginning to fall, MM catches him saying, whoa, whoa, hey, hey. Frenchie snaps out of it and says, it's just uh, unpu ketamine. It's okay. You know, the... Translated, umpu means in short. So a little, did a little ketamine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. MM tells Frenchie, Frenchie, you're a mess, and grabs yeah. his cigarette and repeatedly is smashing it into an ashtray. Frenchie notices how much he's smashing this butt into the ashtray and says, well, that makes two of us. MM stops and they share a look. And Frenchie has it coming. He has been not drugging it hard this year and i don't think he's drugging it for fun here i think they're drugging it because remember he was almost lord knows how long he was tortured by nina before they got the girls in that room last episode and started because yeah. they're in bad shape kamiko's in real bad shape he's not much better so i understand why he's popping the k <laughs> yeah both of his eyes are black yeah and he's he got lacerations a- on his cheeks yeah, he looks he looks a mess. Mm-hmm. In the other room, Starla is tending to Kamiko's wounds. The music video for Maniac by Michael Cimbello oh. is playing on the TV. That's a little high energy for this scene, yeah. isn't it? I'm getting some flashbacks from that one from Flashdance. Oh. Starla says, okay, should be good. Is there anything else that you need? Are you hungry? Kamiko shakes her head and turns off the TV. She reaches into a bag and gets out a bottle of Kirkland, Tennessee whiskey. <laughs> A jug would would be, I think, more appropriate, wouldn't it? It's yeah, probably. It's definitely plastic, so a bottle is probably not accurate. Yes, if it's huge, though. Oh my word! It is big. a gallon. Starlight says, "Oh, Kirkland, a fine choice." Yeah, <laughs> she takes the bottle and chugs oh, it. Dude, she chugs it hard. It's. Pro- I would say she probably had like five shots worth. Right? Oh there. yeah. Would you agree? Oh, it may have been more. So uh-huh. she drinks. She drinks uninterrupted for about what ten seconds? Five? It's not ten, but it's probably like five. Like, chug, woo, 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 woo. yeah. It's, it's, they're not sips. That's yeah. Chugs. It's glugging. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> bottle of Gatorade. It's like yeah. chugging. A, it's like chugging a sixteen ounce of Gatorade right there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sixteen ounces. I think she chugged of yep. the Kirkland. Mm-hmm. Kamiko looks surprised. Starlight says, "Oh, when you grow up in Iowa, there is not much else to do." She hands the bottle to Kamiko, who takes a small sip and has trouble downing it. Starlight says, oh, when did you have your first drink? Kamiko motions, and Starlight says, right now? Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Well, cheers to that. And she chugs the bottle again. Not as long as the first time, but yeah. still. It would be enough to completely mess me up. I've, I'm known oh, to I, be a lightweight, and I oh, really I, I don't think I've drank in at least eight months. So, yeah. yeah I, I'm light. Mess me I'm a lightweighter. Up. Kamiko texts Starlight, what will you do about Huey? Starlight says, I tried. He doesn't want to be saved. Kamiko types, I need your help. 
Starlight asks, with what? Kamiko types, compound V, the permanent stuff. Starlight looks at her and her eyes narrow. She asks, what about it? Kamiko points at herself. Starlight says, you want me to... She realizes what Kamiko is asking and starts to freak out. She says, Kamiko, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. The Kamiko types, I want my powers back. Starlight says, you know that I can't go to the tower. Even if I could, this would be such a bad idea. Kamiko types, it worked once. Now, I will point out that Kamiko also said it was the most painful thing that she had experienced in her life and that she wishes she had died. That's true. But here she has a purpose this time. I think yeah. part of the, you know, that, I think that has part to do with it because it seems to be, you know, the shots we have of Huey and uh, Huey and Butcher where they're doing it. You know, they don't seem to be they seem to be suffering from these side effects afterwards. But for the most part, they they seem to enjoy it enough. And I think that, I mean, I, I say knowing what they get out of the end result. And I think she does now. I think she mm -hmm. would, you know, I think now she will embrace her powers. It won't be so bad. Right. I hope. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Starlight says, no, but you don't know if it'll do that again. I mean, you could get yourself killed. I won't do it. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. Kamiko types thought you'd say that. Read. She hands the phone to Starlight and we can see there's a long message typed out on the screen. Starlight reads it. We can't see much. It starts with Dear Annie. I know what I'm asking is a lot. When Starlight is done reading, she looks at Kamiko differently. She understands the request better now. We'll get more context on the message later in the episode. Yes. Back to Huey and Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy holds out the joint and says, Still can't believe this is legal. I locked up so many assholes for it back in the day. He stops walking and holds up a hand. He turns and asks Huey, What the did you say? <laughs> Huey says, uh, uh, literally nothing. And he looks back in the direction they came from. Soldier Boy says, how hard? Huey asks, what? Soldier Boy says, how hard did Butcher suck your dick that you miss him that much? Hmm? His mouth must feel like a Hoover Deluxe. <laughs> wow. I wonder what he think of an octopus. Oh, no bestiality for me. Thank you. <laughs> The deep might have some input on that. Oh, he 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 does. Oh man, <laughs> we've already uh, seen that in, in Hero Gasm. Yeah, Huey says, "God, every single thing you say is so gross." He saved me, okay, more than once, so I owe him. Soldier Boy says, "Oh bull, you're on a mission. You get the job done, okay? I stormed Normandy. I fought the Nazis. You want to know what I do when I'm sad or scared?" nothing because i'm not a huey chuckles and takes a couple steps towards soldier boy he says you didn't storm your whole marlboro man act it's crap and i soldier boy punches him in the face huey gasps in pain soldier boy raises his eyebrows and holds up a finger saying i warned you then he <laughs> yes, walks he did. yes he did <laughs> He's lucky that, uh, or Huey's lucky that he's on compound V. That would have broken his neck otherwise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it bloodies his lip. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So yeah, I'm glad he did it too. All right. On the topic of sea life, uh, we're going to get into. On the topic of bestiality, you mean? <laughs> Cassandra walks into the deep's room in Vought Tower. There are rose petals making a path to the bed. More Than Words by Extreme is playing on the radio. Cassandra laughs in surprise. The Deep says, oh, hi. 
She says, babe, seemingly happy for this display. The deep says, why don't you put that work down? Get that little butt over here. She joins him on the bed and asks, what is the occasion? The deep says, well, not a big deal. Just uh, found out I'm going to be on Hannity tonight. Hannity, babe. She says, you are? He confirms. She gets worried and says, uh, when, when, when do you tape? We need to prep. The deep says, no, 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 babe. Don't worry. I got it. I got it. Trust me. She says, this is a big deal, Kevin. He says, I know. She says, okay, so we need to go over everything. He puts his hands on either side of her face and says, okay, hey, I got us this far, didn't I? She scoffs and says, you got us this far? He says, just relax a little bit. Turn around. Come here. Just get in the moment. She cuddles up against him and says, okay. He says, but listen, I've been wanting to talk to you about something. You know that I love you. She smiles and says, "Mm mm-hmm. He says, and I know that you love me too, but we both know that our marriage sex life has gotten a little vanilla. So maybe it's time we branch out. She sits up and looks at him and asks, branch out? He says, yeah, like, um, you know, uh, introduce a new partner just to spice things up a little bit. You doing okay over there, Billy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm hanging in. <laughs> I do look un- uncomfortably away through through this part, but uh, uh, the, the upcoming part. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm here. I'm here. My melophobia was kicking in on this scene. <laughs> oh. Cassandra asks, "Well, is there anyone you had in mind?" He says, "Well, I'd like to introduce you to someone." She says, "Oh, okay." He reaches behind the bed into a water tank and pulls out the octopus he brought back from the TNT twins' house. He says, "Babe." <laughs> This is Ambrosius. She's very pretty, and she thinks you're super hot. Cassandra looks uncomfortably at Ambrosius and says, I um, I don't want to uh, do that. The Deep says, Cassandra, I need this. <laughs> Cassandra reluctantly agrees. Now, what is he getting out of this that he wasn't already doing behind her back? Is it the fact that she is involved that he's trying to get too? I, I have no idea. You know, I just think the fact is just that he's just still a hound dog and just can't just, you know, the deep is just a hound dog. Mm. Okay. It's, it's all, I think he only thinks with one part of his body and I don't think he, he does not appear to think with uh, uh, anything else. Yeah. You know, you mentioned earlier that this season we got all the backstories on multiple characters that we we're waiting yes. on. Who have we not gotten a backstory on? I got one on him. I don't know if I want one on him. <laughs> but think about it. We have not had well, not, any backstory really on him. It. We've not done the Maeve. I mean, we we've heard a story, one story about an incident. The bus um, thing from that book. Yes, the bus thing. Uh, okay. But um, you know, we know nothing about really any of these people, and we don't know anything about Homelander. We know he was a little boy, and that there is some you know that something happened when he was younger we've gotten little little piece of insight here and there for everybody yeah, but i guess it, but, but just little small the bits yeah. mm-hmm. but the, but we're getting yeah he's the one that we have heard we've heard nothing about like we don't know who raised him does he have parents you know what i think he you said yeah he, he had a mom because he mentioned that yeah. uh they were in the mall right and walking around and he heard the pets oh, begging right. in, in the pet store that's right yeah and his mom was telling him it was a gift that he could hear the animals. Yeah, that's right. So he, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's when he was confessing to creepy Carol. Yes. Creepy Carol. Yeah. 
who also suffers yes. from a deep red GCE rating. A deep red, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's she, she's on that danger zone. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Cassandra, Cassandra, creepy Carol. You know, mm-hmm. kind of the same kind of GCE red there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we fast forward a bit and are treated to some really disgusting squelching noises and the deep is grunting. This is what I was talking about. My, I could not take these noises. It was horrible. Yeah. We can see the octopus is lashed onto his crotch and is working on him. Cassandra <laughs> is laying off to the side and is listening to this. She's not involved at all. I don't blame her. <laughs> the deep reaches over and says, Ambrosia says she wants to taste you. An octopus tentacle flops onto Cassandra's leg. <laughs> Cassandra jumps up and says, "Nope, nope. Okay, I can't. I'm out. I'm out. No, I'm. I'm done. I'm done." The deep says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, honey, are you okay? What's wrong?" She says, "You want me to a a fish?" He says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, one, she's a mollusk. Two, she has feelings." He picks Ambrosius up and tells her it's okay. He then sets her back in the tank. In this scene, just not to to digress from the point at hand with the deep, but there is a painting immediately behind him, and it's got Homelander sitting on a golden throne, and the deep is standing behind him like a trusted advisor. (laughs) This is kind of a strange painting to have next to your bed. Yeah, (laughs) I I would agree. Yeah. I didn't see the picture. I need to go back and look at it because yeah. it sounds troubling. It's one of it's those like, mm. uh, like aristocratic pictures that you would see. Right. You know, it's right. it's really interesting. Yeah. Then the second thing I wanted to bring up here is what is the octopus getting out of this? Because it's always the octopus doing something to him, right. but and they seem to be into him. But why? He's not doing anything for them. So what? Maybe she's trying to create a new species that will arise and take over the world <laughs> i don't I, I don't know I, I, I don't know why these why these fish were attracted the quest i guess the she's a mollusk sorry, sorry sea life i will just go the sea life that is attracted to the deep is it just because the, I, I guess i'm troubled by the by the concept do they think this of all of us? Dolphins, because uh, the octopus is—is is, I mean, they're—they're—I mean, they're into the him, but it's like the octopus is obviously into Cassandra too. So it's like, so do do fish crave us like as sex partners, and we don't know this? Is, do I mean, is—is is that why they like the deep? Is they can finally confess that it's like we want to be with y'all? I mean, what's up with that? I got no idea. Well, have you heard of how aggressive male dolphins are? I've heard that they can be real, real, real aggressive for. Um, for to females, right? Uh, I, females? I, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if it's only to human females or not. I'll have to look that up. That will have to be in our season eight finale episode correction and additions. I'll make a note. Okay. We'll come back to that. Okay. Are okay. male dolphins that are rowdy only attracted to human females, or is it anything that they perceive right. as a potential target? Cassandra says, how long have you been it behind my back? The deep says, okay, it's not an it. It's a her. Get your pronouns right. <laughs> his his sensitivity training is really working. At, at oh, least yeah. he's been paying attention in class, you know? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Don't want to misgender anybody mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. 
Cassandra says, I have given up a year of my life for you. I gave up my tenure at Vassar. I, I propped wow. you up. I've steered your comeback. And this, this is how you repay me? He says, you wow. propped me up, huh? Right. You wrote a few lines. I'm the one who had to sell it. She moves to leave the room and says, okay, okay, let's, um, let's see how well you do without me. He laughs and says, it'll be great without you, without you overnoting me all the time. She turns and says, you're an idiot, Kevin. He says, then why did Dave Eggers say I have a formidable intellect, huh? Formidable intellect. <laughs> wow. Yeah, formidable. seriously. Yeah. Dave Eggers is an American writer, editor, and publisher. He wrote the best-selling memoir, a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. Sounds wonderful. Mm, it's uh, yeah. It, it sounds like a guy. Does that? I'm curious. Is that? Is does the man perceive himself to be the staggering genius? I don't know. I was looking at his website. The title a little is bit. presumption. Yeah, uh-huh. the, the title is a little presumptuous. I, I think it's probably a joke uh, uh-huh. on purpose because he wrote a bunch of other books and they weren't like that. But one thing I did notice was he had some T-shirts for sale on his website. There were two of them. One said, let readers read. And the the message there is he actually has a form on his webpage for people to submit books that were banned from school systems. Okay. The other shirt was let teachers teach. Yes, I agree. Now, depending (laughs) on how he's approaching this, if it's without bias, I agree with it. Exactly. But I'm with you, if there's no bias, if there is a certain lens on this in either direction, then I have concerns about, oh, well, I'm only interested in one side's books being banned versus the other side's books being pushed. Same thing with the teachers, right? Where one message is suppressed while the other would be, you know, it, it, you either have to enforce it equally or not at all. <laughs> That's the well, only way it works. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have that information. So it did seem a little suspicious. I don't know. Okay. Ambrosius says something to the deep and he says, God, no, she's, she just needs time to cool off, babe. <laughs> wow. Uh, now I, I will note that Ambrosius is quite a bit larger than Timothy was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's hope homeowner doesn't make him eat her too. <laughs> yeah. Th- that would be horrible trying to watch that. She also has a special tank right next to the bed, unlike Timothy, yeah. who had a tank that was behind the bed. Yes. I noticed, I noticed that. Is that for... <laughs> I, I, I'm not... I'm just going to move along. I don't want to know. <laughs> All right. Back to Black Noir. Buster Beaver walks up and says, come on, Irving. Me and the others have something to show you. Come on. Something you push deep, deep down. Buster takes his hand and walks him over to sit in front of the stage. The animated friends play out the scene. Soldier Boy is beating the snot out of gunpowder. The other members of Payback are standing around, cowering in fear. This is all the cartoon characters that are playing this out. Gunpowder falls to the ground, and Soldier Boy says, Lighten up, Gunpowder. I'm just playing around, you pussy. Soldier Boy begins to walk out, and Black Noir enters the room. Soldier Boy says, You're late. We start at 3 o'clock. Black Noir steps up to Soldier Boy and says, I really wanted that movie. Soldier Boy asks, the hell are you talking about? Black Noir says, I just got off the phone with my manager. It's a no-go on Beverly Hills Cop. Soldier Boy says, oh, that. Black Noir says, I was, I was born to play Axel Foley. 
why would you say all those horrible things about me to Don Simpson? For those of you who don't know who Don Simpson is, he was an American film producer, screenwriter, and actor. Simpson and his producing partner, Jerry Bruckheimer, produced hit films such as Flashdance, Beverly Hills Cop, Top Gun, and The Rock. They did a bunch of stuff together in the 90s. Like any action movie you can name, they they were involved in. His films grossed $3 billion worldwide. Crimson Countess was checking on gunpowder. She walks over and says, Ben, really? Soldier Boy points at her and says, zip it, coos. The guy's supposed to be funny. He then turns to Black Noir and says, you're not funny. Black Noir says, well, I could have been. Soldier Boy says, you're not good enough. Now shut your hole and get to work. Black Noir says, but, but wait. Soldier Boy goes savage and unleashes a barrage of punches on Black Noir. He really messes him up. The rest of Payback is yelling at him to stop. Black Noir tries to crawl away and Soldier Boy drags him back and flips him over, then lays into him again. The worst part of this whole scene is when Soldier Boy puts two fingers up Black Noir's nostrils and pulls Black Noir towards him, then punches him again. Soldier Boy points at everyone else and says, which one of you wants next, huh? Thought so. He looks down at Black Noir and says, you think you can be me? You're not a movie star. You're not I see you getting out of line again, trying to move on up. I will put you in the ground. Understood? Soldier Boy really was treating his team badly. Oh, yeah. Homelander is just the same. I think that's just so ironic uh, that they're so similar. Yeah. So uh, that way to their teammates, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm so conflicted about Soldier Boy, because the way yeah. he's acting now, I mean, he is a little callous and he just does what he wants, but he's not yeah. brutalizing the people around him like this, like the people that he's getting, he yeah. has some grudge against them, you know? He, he does. And he's got a reason again, like I said, for, and, and I think part of the reason why, I'm, why I, we can like him, this is just my theory is that he, um, we feel like he's paid for some of these crimes by spending 40 plus years behind the iron curtain and being poked, prodded, tortured for, you know, all those years just to see how tough he is and doing and whatever else they did to him. Right. So I feel in a weird way, I feel like he's paid for that's hard time served. So I, 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 I can take his callousness, but it's hard. I'm like, it's hard to see him be this way in this, in this version of him. Right. And the animation, the way they animate this, it oh, yeah. kind of makes it's, it worse. It does. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes you feel like it's like they're, they're probably selling it short. <laughs> <laughs> That that's right. You know, yeah, because mm-hmm. you know, cartoon violence is real tough. But we've seen all levels of cartoon violence in this, so I think in a weird way, it's like it just kind of emphasizes how bad it really it, it really is. Even though it's a cartoon, it's really bad. Right, right. <laughs> Back to Butcher's Mind Prison. Another tough scene. The child yeah. butcher is in the principal's office at school. He says, "Please don't tell my old man." We see a calendar on the wall from 1989. The principal says. You were selling marijuana, William. You know I have to tell him. And we both know your dad. You're a smart boy. I just hate for you to turn out like him. Butcher sees a couple of flashes of his father at different ages, then a flash of him taking his belt off to beat Butcher with it. The child Butcher grabs the principal's stapler and begins beating him with it. He yells, snotty little There are flashes of Butcher's dad whipping him and Butcher slamming Mesmer's head into the sink in the bathroom. What struck me about all these flashbacks with this memory prison is 
how the showrunners kind of seemingly planned this stuff out. Yeah. Where the brutality that he displayed in those scenes. And those were scenes that you and I both commented were some of the worst scenes we've had to get through covering this show. Yeah. Every time we, we had to deal with that, we were like, man, that was tough to get through. And it all came from the dad's influence. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, just raised by an abusive, just a horrifically, horrifically abusive man. Right. That's bad. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. But I'm, I'm with you. Though. Those things, these, these things with him in that mind prison, nicely named too, are tough. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it. Well, I think what I think what sells a lot of that is like when you see like he makes the strike as the you know his image of himself as a little young as a little boy hitting somebody with the. As he's hitting the principal with the stapler, if you know, as that strike lands, then it's him striking Mesmer's head against the sink, or it's you know, each punch is one of those other scenes of him doing the same thing. And that was, yeah, they they, they pulled all those gut wrenching scenes together in one scene that makes it really gut wrenching and hard to get through, right? Right. Lenny comes into the office and is yelling, Butch, what are you doing? Stop. And I have always wondered, I never thought about Butcher being the basis for the nickname Butch. I, I don't never knew any Butches growing up, but I, Butch used to be a name that people went by, Butch. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to remember, uh, outside of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, I'm trying to remember if well, I've, ever, I've ever known personally a Butch. I've not known any personal Butch, but I've known people that have known someone named that. But I think of, uh, you know, remember Bruce Willis is Butch and... In uh, Pulp Fiction. Senor Booch. Senor Booch. How does it feel to kill a man with your bare hands, Senor Booch? You threw me off with that one, dude. <laughs> now I want to go watch Pulp Fiction. That's such a good movie. Oh, man, you really threw me for a loop. I'm going down memory lane right now. Oh, great flick. Yep. Butcher accidentally punches him in the face in his rage. He punches Lenny when he comes in. Yeah. Mm. Butcher realizes what he did and says, Lenny, I didn't mean to. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lenny looks hurt and betrayed. Fast forward and the dad has taken them both to the pub. Someone sets a pint down on the table. The dad says, the world's an ocean of shite, lads. You either sink or you swim. Today, Billy, my boy, you swam. Some c- need a slap, don't they? Here, he slides the beer over to Butcher. He then looks at Lenny and says, Oi, you ought to take a page out of his book. You don't want to be a c- little poof all your life. The dad drinks his own beer. A scene of Butcher drinking is intermixed with it. Uh, the adult Butcher taking taking down shots. Yeah. The present Butcher steps forward and tells Lenny, Don't you listen to him. Don't you listen to that worthless lump of shite. Not a bleeding word. Lenny can't hear him. It's real father of the year material, that guy, right? Yeah. When you think about, he's encouraging Butcher to assault the school principal yeah. for Butcher selling marijuana at school. Yeah. What an influence. Oh, yeah. Lucky that he didn't murder anyone. So Becca was right in her remember her comment. You were this one bad comment or bad, one bad day from beating someone to death in a parking lot or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, but the deeper we get to him, too, you realize, wow, she's not wrong. Yeah, the anger thing. It's it's yeah. hard to explain. Like, you don't seem like a very angry person, but like, I've struggled for years with anger issues. You know, Dude, I, I've, I've got, I have, I do too. I know, I, I know, I'm very laid back, and but I do have anger issues. Mm. When they, when I've, I've, I've been able to deal with them better lately, but 
when I get when I get angry, it's I blow. But mm. I'm not like really vulgar or anything. I just lose my temper and get mad and like stop around or you know, and just try to hurt, break things. Yeah, <laughs> you know. The reason I was saying the thing about the, the kind of the font of anger, if you will, is like it's it's like a deep well that it seems endless sometimes you know it's just like always there and so like i can kind of see how mine's not as extreme as butchers is you know by any stretch of the imagination but it's like it's always just like one little thing away from (laughs) well you know it's something like i say some of us are like like i said i i am generally i am happy-go-lucky but i had to i've had some things happen as i was older that really I had a hard time letting the anger go for a long time. Mm. And I, and I learned my lesson on letting it go because it just don't be no good, but it hurt for, but I was angry for a long time. I get it. Yeah. Reading through meditations does an interesting viewpoint on how to look at the world. Yeah. So yeah, the Stoics were an interesting bunch. All right, moving on back to Huey and soldier boy. They find a road, a priest and a nun have broken down. The nun this says, is not a joke. <laughs> this is not a segue to a joke. No. The nun says, maybe we should walk back to that town we saw. The priest says, it was like five miles away. It'll take forever to get there. She says, we're never going to get to the retreat now. The priest sees Soldier Boy and Huey and says, oh, 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 you startled me. Son, are, are you a superhero? Soldier Boy says, yes, father. You folks need some help? The nun says, yes, yes, please. Soldier Boy says, okay, well, it's not safe. There's a fugitive in the area. You should get out of here before you get hurt. The priest says, uh, well, we can't. I don't suppose either of you know engines. Soldier Boy says, I'll have a look. He's not happy about it. Nope. The priest says, oh, I'd appreciate that very much. Huey asks them, uh, so where are you guys headed? The priest says, we're just on our way to a Samaritan's Embrace retreat over there in Danville. Abruptly, Soldier Boy reaches down and pulls his pistol and shoots the priest in the forehead, covering the nun in his brain matter. She begins screaming. Huey freaks out and says, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What the? Soldier Boy says, this is Mindstorm's MO. He's brainwashed them. That priest was going to shank us, and she will, too. He takes aim at the nun who is on her knees next to the priest. Huey says, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, she doesn't look brainwashed to me. Soldier Boy lowers his pistol and says, take my word for it. Everyone's coming for us. Everyone, every day. Huey says, whoa, no, no, no. You have PTSD. You have PTSD and you are super stoned. All right. Maybe this isn't what you think it is. The nun is praying over the priest's body. Soldier Boy says, move, and repeats it more emphatically when Huey refuses. Huey says, she's a human being, a nun. And if there's one thing I know, the nun suddenly jumps on Huey's back and yells, die, you suckers, then bites Huey on the neck. Huey yells, oh, my God, do something. Soldier Boy says, if you stay still, I, Huey yells, you, get her off me. Soldier Boy actually takes the time to aim, then shoots her when he gets a clean shot. Huey yells, oh, me, no, hard pass on this exorcist. Soldier Boy says, What's black and white and red all over? Is this a, in a reference to the bad joke book of the same name? I'm not sure about the book, but I do know that there's a lot of jokes, a lot of the black and white jokes that are told in pairs. Okay. I'll give you a couple. What's black and white and red all over? What? A newspaper. <laughs> okay. What's, what's black and white and red all over and has trouble going through a revolving door? What? A nun with a spear through her head. That's 
pretty bad image. Okay, it is. But they they go and then what? What's what's black and white and red? What? <laughs> a nun that fell down a hundred flights of stairs. Oh my god! What's black and white and laughing? <laughs> what? The nun that pushed. Oh my god! Okay. So th- they're told in these pairs. So I, yeah, I don't. It's I don't know why, but just to emphasize the weirdness of the red and the red, like on the first one for me, it was so. Okay. <laughs> I had never really heard that. So I guess I just did a Google search and saw that book. So I thought, but I think you're probably mm-hmm. right. That's a f- fairly famous uh, set of jokes, I guess. Yes. The black and white. Yeah. And they usually, they usually relate to the penguins. I'm sorry, the nuns. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I think the book had a picture of a penguin on it. <laughs> it, it oh. Yeah. <laughs> Soldier Boy walks up to Huey and says, okay, first off, I don't have shell shock. F*** you. Second, this is what I'm talking about. This is being a soldier. He walks off and calls back to Huey. Come on. Huey takes a moment to look at the corpses and performs the signum crucis on himself before he follows. I have to tell you, I really thought Soldier Boy was being paranoid when he killed the priest, but it was so ironic when that nun jumps up on Huey like a Mm. zombie. Oh, it was great. It was great. And mm-hmm. I thought, I'm like you. I was, I, I, I'm kind of worried, but it's like he was right. Apparently, he was right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you feel bad that these people got killed, yeah. right? But it's yeah. just the fact that he's right makes it worse. You know, it's like yes, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Uh, and part of it is, I, I think, for me, uh, it's like uh, because Homelander is so bad. I think that we, the audience, want something done about it, and so Soldier Boy seems like a pretty f- decent fella compared to this guy you know mm-hmm. toss him a toss him a doob get a little counseling he'll be right as rain i don't yeah. know maybe he won't but it's like uh, but we need somebody that could take care of uh, home later but i don't know who would be worse yeah it's hard to say yeah but right now i like soldier boy I, even I, 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 but it's funny though I, i'm like you because when she jumped on his back i was like whoa mm-hmm. <laughs> and i thought i thought the zombie movie too first thing yeah it's the first thing I thought of because mm-hmm. it's that tradi- it's a typical fast zombie run jump on somebody. Yes. It's like, oh, and the bite on the great. neck really accentuated it. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It's great. We see a short montage of Homelander freaking out as he listens to Starlight's broadcast on social media, calling out Vought. Fast forward and Homelander is delivering a speech at a Dakota Bob presidential campaign rally. <laughs> Homelander says, so I guess you've all heard about Starlight's alleged involvement with a human trafficking ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I suppose it's pure coincidence that uh, she opened Starlight House for runaway teens. Huh? Come on. We can put two and two together, can't we? We see Todd, Monique's boyfriend, is in the crowd eating up Homelander's speech. He has brought MM's daughter Janine with him. Dakota Bob is standing off to the side. He quietly asks another man named Senator Bishop and Ashley, who are standing next to him, what the holy does he think he's doing? Homelander continues. Those poor kids. They pass through her doors. They disappear. They are never seen again. We see that Victoria is in the crowd listening. Homelander continues. It's horrific, but we got to face the truth, people, no matter how ugly it is. Starlight is a wolf in sheep's clothing, plain and simple. She fooled me. She fooled you. She fooled all of us, right? Now she wants to take me down. Why? Because with me out of the way, there is no one who can stop her. No one, and she knows it. Todd claps and yells, no chance. Man, Homelander can't be Trump. There's just too few people in this rally. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's I mean, not Todd, a Homelander rally. It's a Dakota Bob it, rally. It is tr- it's a Dakota Bob rally. Yeah. But that was about what you got from that side's presidential rallies anyhow, because it was socially 
distance wasn't <laughs> are you referring to the non-existent campaign of joe biden where he did not go yes. out <laughs> I mean, yes. if you don't yes. go on campaign you don't have a, a crowd showing yeah. up yeah mm. homelander goes on exactly do you think the media our buddies over here do you think the media is going to report on that he points at the media vans and the crowd starts booing. And there's more media than crowd in there. <laughs> it appears that way. There's vans surrounding the crowd. I would say there's maybe 200 people there, max. What okay. do you think? Would you agree? Yeah, like yeah it's pretty yeah. small. Yeah, it's a small crowd. Yeah. yeah. Homelander continues. No, 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 no. Of course not. Suddenly, Homelander sees Soldier Boy approaching in the crowd. He stops talking and his eyes light up. Then he realizes it's just a man in an olive-colored jacket. It has kind of that military jacket look to it. Yeah. Homelander stands down. Victoria is watching this with a look of concern on her face. Homelander says, ah, tell you what. You guys, love you. All right. And vote for Bob Singer. He's, uh, he's great. The crowd begins cheering. <laughs> That's the whole reason he's there. And this is, he gives them like four words at the end. Hilarious. Yeah. Vote for Bob. Dakota Bob walks up to the podium and says, let's hear it for Homelander. Homelander is walking through the livestock accommodations on the farm where the rally is taking place. He takes some deep breaths to calm himself. He comes upon a dairy cow. Crimson and Clover by Tommy James and the Shondells begins to play. Homelander milks the cow. How would you describe his reaction as he's milking the cow? It's about the same as every other milk scene we've seen with this guy. Isn't it? Yeah, there's a, a, a really, level of ecstasy and amazement yes. mixed together. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> uncomfortable. When he's done milking, he drinks the milk directly from the pail. Victoria walks in and the music abruptly stops. She says, skip breakfast, did we? Homelander says, no, no, uh, she's in pain. So I tried to help. There's milk running down his chin. And I love his excuse. It's about as good as the deep saying the octopus was sick during Herogasm. I will say this. At least Homelander has truth in his favor. Milk cows, if not milked, it can be hard and bad for them uh -huh. and painful. Yeah. Well, you don't think the farm's taking care of this cow? I'm sure they're taking care of this cow, but it's, yeah. yeah. I would agree I with you. Like, if they're producing and it's not going anywhere, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I do. I'm the octopus was sick. That's still too funny. <laughs> Sorry, she, she was uh, she was sick. <laughs> oh my word! That was a good impersonation. You you were practicing for Comic Con or something? Do a, a deep impersonation. Hey, uh, you know it, dude. I wonder you know if anybody. Uncle, I'm, you know, I wonder if anybody's I, done a deep impersonation at a Comic Con and with like an octopus stuffed animal or something. Oh, I, oh my word! <laughs> Probably get kicked out. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I, you never know anymore. Yeah. They might, they might welcome, they, they might welcome you with open arms. <laughs> Victoria says, "Look, I'm going to tell you the truth here because no one else will. Pull your <laughs> together, admit it, Soldier Boy, and take control of the situation." Homelander chuckles and asks, "You think?" uh I'm not in control. She says, no, I think you just spent the last 20 minutes ranting about starlight instead of talking up the next president in the United States. You're a homelander, button your up. You're flailing this whole scene right here. His hand shoots out and grabs her by the throat. We get a good bit of the power effect as he squeezes. Yes. He says, Oh, I'm sorry. Go on, please. She's kind of struggling to, to grab his wrist and he's got that iron grip on her. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck getting out of that. Yeah. <laughs> she says, you need someone you can trust. He asks someone like you. 
She says, I got rid of Edgar for you. That cost me a lot. I'm proposing a strictly transactional relationship. You help me out with one small favor and I help you. She reaches down and hands him a folded piece of paper. He reads it, then lets go of her throat. He asks, where did you get this? She doesn't respond. The cow moves. <laughs> you know, she's brave talking to him like that. I have a lot she of is. respect for her stepping up and telling him to lock his shit up. You know, despite her being the head popper, I still have enjoyed her as a character. Yes. And what's funny, I, I mean, this, despite being a murderous person, I mean, I don't know what's side of I don't I don't know whether to root for or what. I mean, but I like her. Yeah. I'm torn, I guess. I'm torn with her. I guess it's the ambiguity of we don't know anything about her motivations. I guess we know a little bit, right? Is protecting her daughter yeah. somewhat. Yeah. But yeah, that's a big part of it. How does she feel her daughter is being threatened? I guess would be my question. I just, uh, yeah, I, I thought in response to the Homelander issue, remember she, uh, she gave her daughter the V's for did. this, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, for what we both, uh, for what I assumed was, you know, for fear of retaliation from Homelander. True. But, but maybe maybe she's read the files and realizes that he needs a, a woman to stand behind him and just tell him what to do. If mm. you got the right, if you got if you got a person that lines up with your views, which she can use him like Stillwell did. If she's if we're, and that could be that could be where this is going. That that's a scary thought. Could you imagine her controlling him? That is scary. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was, I was trying to think who is, I guess I don't know enough about her manipulation capabilities compared to Madeline's because Madeline was masterful oh, in manipulating she, well, him. Mad, part, you know, the thing is, is Madeline, is, she had the age too. That's part of being that wily mm. is, you know, is sometimes that's the only things you learn by getting older. Right. And so this Victoria will be like that, but she's already been groomed by a pretty ruthless individual to be a ruthless individual. So she may already surpass Stillwell mm-hmm. if she was raised in that man. If she's raised by Mister Edgar, I'm sure he was. He taught her everything he knows, and he's real proud of her being such so ruthless. Yes, he was smiling when he, yeah, he, was. he was talking to Homelander about her. Yeah, he said he was proud of her. He was. He's real proud of that girl. So yeah. All right. A-Train is in a hospital bed in Vought Tower. Ashley says, you're awake. Fantastic. He asks, what happened? She walks up and sits down and says, pretty nuts, man. I mean, how Soldier Boy attacked you and Blue Hawk at Herogasm? He shakily says, yeah. She goes on, Soldier Boy murdered Blue Hawk right in front of you. You tried to save Blue Hawk, of course, but must have been awful for you. He realizes what she's saying and again says, yeah. She says, it seemed like you two were on your way to a healing place, which is why you're going to love this. Blue Hawk will live on because we gave you his heart. (laughs) Now, before I go on with this, do you think she's the way she says that she was vindictive? She seemed she's very it's like she's kind of coming. She's trying to come into her strength as as the Stillwell character, I feel like. Mm. I mean, she or is it still? It's Stillwell, right? Yeah. Not Sitwell. Stillwell. Yeah. Um. Um. But she was, yeah, very much, very condescending tone. This whole thing, she's talking down to him the entire time. I own you. I feel. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. I. That's very much it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She knows that he knows that he's at her mercy 
because of all the dirt she has on him. Yeah. This was but this what's bad about this dirt is this is one that I'm hoping that I, like I, like we said last episode we were hoping that he was going to be okay cuz I I want a redemption arc for him mm. cuz he's you know, the the apology that took me so by surprise to Huey. Yes. And, and then the then the murder of that guy just because he was a piece of crap and hurt his brother so bad. Mhm. You know, it's just, you know, he seemed righteous in what he was doing, even though it was really harsh. That was one of the few times he was actually doing a kind of a right thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's I wanted. We, I think you and I both want to see him do better. I want to see everybody do better. I want everybody to be yeah, the best true. version of themselves. You're right. That's <laughs> not too. always going to get Agreed. it. <laughs> right. And, you know, you bring that's up a, a very excellent point. The shows that I ask for likely would not be very good because I always want them to make the right decisions. And there's no conflict when everybody right. does the right thing every single time. They that's have right. to fall down. <laughs> you know? That's right. I'm still going to bitch exactly about right. it, though. You know? Oh, right. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, but, that's called commentary. I guess yeah. we, I, we just keep the running commentary going. I was, I, but, yeah, I thought that was a really salient point you brought up. You're like, people have to fall down so that they can get back up. And I was like, you know, no. I'm asking for the wrong things apparently so <laughs> for the for the purpose of a good show right yeah it is it is a good show it's it's a great season man. yeah well what i meant by that was if you want to write a good show the the things i've been asking for are not necessarily oh, right, right, going right, to right. lead you to that path no yeah. no no okay it'd be it'd be very bland <laughs> we'd have very bland television if, if if what we got what we wanted because people don't want that yeah I mean, you do want it all, all, sometimes but you don't want it all you don't want it all the time right right it's what shows like the boys are for mm-hmm. is to diverge we're mentally divergent we'll go and watch this weird stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> upon hearing that he has a white racist heart beating in his chest a train is shocked we can hear his heart rate increasing on the monitor he looks down at his chest she continues a super abled heart no more heart disease you're gonna get to run again can i get a what what look you'll need insane amounts of rehab but luckily you heal fast bro he says that's Mm. she interrupts we're gonna get you back in your old suit we're gonna get you out there asap she stands up and asks, you okay with talking about Starlight? He says, yeah, sure. Why? She says, oh, amazing. Oh, my God. I almost forgot. We are already working on your new movie, Training A-Train, gritty biopic. You're a roughneck gangbanger from the South Side slanging that yayo when a track coach. It's so cringy, man. Yeah. When a track she coach. She is the cringe queen. <laughs> we're thinking Tom Hanks teaches you a more civilized way. A-Train says, that's not at all how that happened. My brother's my coach. She ignores him and says, we're out to Sir Julian Fellows to write. So I should have looked up who that was and seen what movies they've done. He says, no, I'm not doing that. She says, you're going to love it. Anyway, I got to bounce. But the A-Train's back, baby, right? Uh, That's your... He drops his head back on his pillow and exhales, not responding to her. She says, okay, and walks out. Fellows is a... Member of the House of Lords in the UK, but he's also an actor, novelist, film director, and conservative peer on the House of Lords. What is his body of work when it comes to exactly. writing? He wrote every. He wrote Downton Abbey. Oh, wow! There we go. He's going to write uh, the South Side version of Downton Abbey. Yeah, dude, I bet that would be a Apparently. good show. Yeah, 
like gangs in south of Chicago. Yeah, that would be an interesting show. I don't know how you could get somebody with that background to write that accurately, though. You need somebody that has exposure to that environment to accurately. You need to. I think the show that I need to watch and I still haven't watched is The Wire. Is that what you're thinking about? Like gritty? No, I was thinking more of. So I grew up in Southern California, right? So I immediately started thinking of Compton. You know, oh, okay. and things like Boys in the Hood or, oh, right. okay. you know, anything involving Death Row Records. Right. So you need somebody that's familiar with right. that stuff just to get a good the lifestyle and the way that people talk in that lifestyle. You know, yeah. so I don't know. Either exactly. way. Exactly. Moving on. I did want to bring up how ironic it is that A-Train is alive because of the heart of the man that maimed his brother. And that's beating yes. in his chest. As much as I do dislike A-Train, I feel bad for him. Or is that the wrong way to look at this situation? Because should he be happy to still be alive regardless of whose heart is in his chest? I think he should be happy. Okay. Because now he'll be able to run again. The chest, it's not just a regular donor. It should be able to take his running. But like I said, his kind of starting on a, a true, his sincere apology to Huey was so, I mean, we Shocking. both talked about how that just, it was, yeah, it just, it blew me out of the water. I just didn't know what to say. And so that made me just want to think that it's okay. Maybe he's going to get a redemption arc. And so that's, uh, I want to see him run again. I want the redemption arc. And I know this goes against my Aquamanophilia, but I love speedsters more. Sorry. Don't I'm let that bias taint your vision. He had Alex killed. That's, yes, he did have Alex killed. Well, he and didn't he also have him killed. killed. Through his actions, Alex was killed. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Don't let that flash okay. bias sink in, Billy. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. I'm, I'm sorry, just... sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> I needed my Uncle Man uh, righteousness um, upheld there. Thank you. Yeah. We see a Vought News segment playing on the TV. The headline reads, is Lamar Bishop the VP pick? And below that, it says, next, the Starlight drink Adrenochrome. I didn't know what Adrenochrome was, so I looked it up. Adrenochrome is a chemical compound produced by the oxidation of adrenaline. It was the subject of limited research from the 1950s to the 1970s as a potential cause of schizophrenia. Cool. So they're trying to say Starlight's a schizophrenic. She's schizophrenic, yep. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah. Wow. The news anchor asks the senator, Senator Bishop, will you confirm you're about to join the ticket as the vice presidential candidate? Senator Bishop says, well, if I was lucky enough to be so honored, you'll be the first to know. And now, if you will all excuse us, I want to get a deep fried Twinkie before my wife finds out. Dude, he, he said you will all. He didn't say you all. What's it? Y'all? Come on. Dakota. Just say y'all. No, y'all. This wasn't Dakota Bob. This is uh, Senator Bishop. Oh, I thought it was Dakota Bob that wanted the deep no, fried drink. No, this is Senator Bishop being interviewed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. When I first moved to Texas, this is 95, so I was about 13 or 14. I was very okay. resistant to saying y'all. But okay. I have to tell you, it just rolls off the tongue so nicely, especially oh, when, you're, when you're getting on your kids. Y'all, listen up. <laughs> Well, here, here's the funny thing is that I that I think I was telling you that that friend of mine here at work, she's about to go back to California. So mm-hmm. this is a Cal, this is a Cali girl. She goes, I always said y'all because over there they say you guys. Yeah, and I say that too. Because I always thought that was kind of rude sounding. She said, I love y'all because it sounds so much more. It's all it's more encompassing, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, it is. It's very encompassing. It's ever it, it can it can be one. It can be two people in front of you or the whole audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Another another big difference is 
I grew up saying Chuck a rock. And uh, in Texas, right. they say chunk a rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting regional we differences. Yeah. And then, of course, it's nuclear <laughs> instead right. of nuclear. Now, um, now I, I will resist that because I'm a well-read individual. I will <laughs> yeah. I will try to pronounce things correctly. But uh, that was, yeah, the, adding the extra syllable in there, that nu- nu- nuclear, yeah, there but the uh, what was the other one? Oh man, uh, the, the difference in what people call their drinks. Like I know up north they call mm. like we call we Soda. call everything Coke. It's, it's it's like Coke here. We're gonna go for a Coke. Well, what kind of what are you gonna get? I'm gonna have a so and so and you know. It's it's mm. like but I thought you were gonna have a Soda, Coke. You know, yeah. Pop. Yeah, I think pops like northeast, right? Uh, yeah, pop pops from north. Like, yeah, yeah. I always said soda. So yeah, I think and yeah, I, I think another person I knew I I didn't I didn't ask what she should call that, but yeah, I I find certain regional things different. Yeah, so, I mean, kind of. I mean, not different. I find differences interesting and, and entertaining. Yes, MM is sitting on the couch watching this broadcast. He's shaking up what appears to be some protein powder in a shaker. His motions seem to be directed by his OCD. <laughs> they most certainly do. He's got a routine to the way he's shaking that, buddy. Mm-hmm. And it's aggressively. It's not yes. just getting it done. He's angrily right. shaking it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Frenchie is sitting at the dining table working on a solution to knock out Soldier Boy. He reaches for MM's badass mug with a steaming beverage in it and sees the steam rising off the top. He looks at the video on his laptop screen, then back at the mug. And the video on the laptop screen is the video where they knocked out Soldier Boy after he blew the scalpel from his eyeball into yes. the doctor's neck. Nice. Frenchie says, it's not a gas. MM asks, what? Frenchie says, it's vapor. Vapor, vapor, just a delivery system. He finds a paper from the pile and says this. MM looks at it and sees a diagram for a chemical compound. He looks at Frenchie and says, you think I can read this? Frenchie says, Novichok, Russian nerve agent. Expose you or moi to Novichok, our nervous system shuts down. Multiple organs fail. Painful death. But for Soldier Boy, it's a nap. Novichok may sound familiar to you because... That is what Russian opposition figure and anti-corruption activist Alexei Navalny was poisoned with, and he was hospitalized in serious condition. Allegedly, this is the agent Putin uses to poison the people who are against him. See, that's not one that I've heard about. There was another poisoning that didn't succeed. It was on the former Ukrainian president. I can't remember what that old fellow's name was, but he got scar- he's got a scarred up face and stuff from the effects of the poisoning. but. I don't. I don't remember. What was the poison? I. It was not the same poison. It was not. Okay. That's, so that's why I was wondering if that person was the same person I was thinking of. This Alexei Navalny. Navalny. Uh, so I'm. I'm not sure who that is. Is the he? But the person. That's not the same person I was thinking of. It. And the, no, the same. No, Alexei poison. Navalny. He. So he got poisoned. I think he was in the hospital in the UK. Okay. This guy. He recovers. Flies back to Russia. And now he's dying in a Russian prison. Huh. You know, it's been a. They were talking about wow. him at the beginning of COVID. He he was he kept somehow getting videos out of the prison, and his health was deteriorating. I can't. I, I need to follow up and see what happened to him. I haven't okay. thought about him for a long time. Okay. Yeah, but it's wow. a Russian nerve agent, so you don't hear other countries yeah. using this stuff. And it's right. also like a, 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 one of those war crime. I don't know if it's a war crime, but it's like one of those, you, you don't oh, do it type yeah. things, right? Like it's, yeah. uh, it's not allowed, it, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's the not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> it's against the Geneva convention or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. MM says, all right, 
So where can we get some? Frenchie says, another vacation to Russia? MM gets an alert. It appears to be an Instagram post from Todd showing him and Janine at the Dakota Bob rally. MM can clearly see Homelander standing behind them on stage a short distance away. MM says, mother effer, and storms out of the apartment. Frenchie says, huh? Qu'est-ce que c'est? This means, what is that in French? Yeah, that's a, that's one I've I, I, that's one I looked up not that long ago because I, I I love that word. I never knew that was how it was written mm-hmm. so, or that or that phrase I should say. But yes, qu'est-ce que c'est? I think French is written to short circuit your brain. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's what's <laughs> funny is like so many of the other Latin languages I get. Italian is so close to Spanish sometimes. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of crossover there. Right. You know, there's there's a lot of things I see crossover in, but French is like what. <laughs> you know, so because yeah. because Kes Casse looks like Quest C K Sest. You know, yeah. it's such an It's like what? And so yeah, it's like Steve Martin says. It's like the, it's like those French have a different word for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Kamiko enters the room and signs. What got into him? Frenchie says no clue. She signs. Dance with me. He says you're still hurt. I'm still high. She signs. We'll start with a slow one. She puts Dream a Little Dream of Me by Anne Reburn on the Bluetooth speaker. Is it Reburn or Rayburn? I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. They dance for a bit and Kamiko feels his arms. She signs, when I was on V, I couldn't feel your arms. They felt like bendy straws. No offense. He, he says, none taken. She smiles and they dance for a moment. She signs, I wanted to feel them for real one last time. He asks, what do you mean? She signs, Annie is getting me compound V. Frenchie reaches over and turns off the music. He says, why? This is everything you said you did not want. No, listen to me. Listen to me. You can walk away. You and me. We go together to Marseille. Your freedom, your humanité. You have it. Moncour, please. Seal to play. Don't do this. That one, I'm not sure because it's not. Si vous play is, is a V-O-U-S between the seal and the play. So the seal to play is something different. Man, the horse frog French lessons are not going well, Billy. <laughs> Dude, it's French. I'm sorry. I'm making I'm making zero effort. That's too I, tough I should, for me. I should, I should have looked that up. All right. Keep going. She grabs I'll the phone and, and pulls up the same message she showed Starlight. She hands the phone to Frenchie. Please. It means please. Okay. It's just please. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. We're back on track for the French lessons. Okay. He reads the message out loud. Annie, I know I'm asking a lot. At first, I hated the V because I didn't choose it. But now it's my choice. I think that matters. I blame my powers for my problems, but it's not true. The V isn't good or bad. It just depends on the person using it. I wanted to use my powers to do good, to fight for the ones I love. I almost lost Frenchie because I couldn't fight. I can't risk that again. She signs, when we kissed, it was weird. He agrees. She goes on, not because it felt bad. It didn't. But because we're more than that. You are my family now. I want to protect my family. Frenchie processes what she says. This is a really touching scene, and it's interesting to see her come to terms with her powers. Oh, yeah. It's extremely touching. I really enjoyed seeing this between them. Um, I enjoyed seeing the dance and all that, everything, man. It's just, I just love them. Mm-hmm. Her description of his arms as bendy straws is amusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had, when I was editing episode five, I was thinking through what was going on during that episode across all the character stories, right? 
And it struck me that that episode was largely dealing with everybody dealing with their internal conflicts. And that theme, she just touched on it right here, where, again, she's mentioning the V isn't good or bad. It just depends on the person using it. Yeah. So we didn't really touch on that aspect during episode five of the journey that everybody was going on. But everybody virtually was dealing with some inner demon. Yes. Whether it's Huey with his inferiority complex or, you know, his inability to to be the stronger one saving Starlight. Off the top of my head, on the spot now, I can't remember all of the stuff that happened during that episode. But that was a running theme that kind of stuck. I think, was it Maeve that also had one? Ma- yeah, Maeve has hers. She yeah. has the issue of hating herself that she's working yes. through. Yeah, because that's right. These are all some very, very damaged people. Yes. Oh, Frenchie also has his stuff with his dad, right? Oh yeah. I'm, 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 I'm curious if we're gonna go deeper into that because I think that there is, I think he worked for his father as a, as a, in a criminal aspect side. Dude, how sick um, would it be if Vincent Cassell shows up as his dad and he's some like crazy, crazy French mob boss or something? Because it's real. What's great is I was I've been watching Westworld and in season three of Westworld, Cassell is in that, and I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I'm happy. I'm super happy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool. But yeah, that would be. You've, you've nailed it. You probably they've already they've they, you, you just made a prediction that's probably going to be true because that was what we said the safe word was was uh, was Vincent Cassell, wasn't it? Yes, it uh, was. So, oh, they wouldn't do so, that, would they? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely oh, a circular reference. Yeah. Yes. Breaking the fourth wall. They yes. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Yeah. You know it's coming. Yeah. Unless, unless you do, you know who else is coming to the show? It was Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Oh. Who's he supposed to be playing? He's coming next season. I have no idea, but he's going to be here next season. Maybe he's Frenchie's dad. No way. Dude, he's a, he's a like a southern good old boy type. He's not going to be playing a Frenchman. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know. I'm curious. I don't know. I didn't want to look too deep, but I'm excited. But I, I was super, super excited that he's going to be on the show, though. Yeah, that's really good news. Yeah, that's extremely awesome. good news. So. Yeah. So Hopefully he plays a bad guy. Yeah. I really nasty bad i I need we need we need some epic world shattering event we need that we need to escalate and move outside you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i I need i need it's been bigger and better the whole time but we need to move on to something a slightly grander for season four i think i say that i don't know yeah you gotta (laughs) scale it up we need to have some international type incidents there needs to be a threat from outside the united states that ties everybody together in the U.S., yeah. right, where everybody, yeah, exa- ha- the Homelander and Butcher, have to team up to face an existential threat from another country. And you know who's? It's always going to be. It's going to be Stan Edgar's going to be behind it always. You think so? <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out mm. there. Who can tell? He's mm. that guy's. Like we said, we said in another episode, that guy's playing five D chess. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he's read the the tea leaves of the future. Y- yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that that may be what he he needs to be where he is right now. So you know he's happy that the that the girl threw him under the bus because that's where he needed to be right then and there. Mm-hmm. So right, he planned this. He knew yes. Victoria was going to betray him, and he planned Absolutely. it. 
Yes. I think you know, I'm not going to be surprised. I will not be surprised at that reveal at all. I mean, I can't remember what it was. You're like, is this Stan Edgar? And sure enough, it was Stan Edgar. It, it was, it, I think it was on episode one of this season where I made a comment. It was like, and it was like the next episode where it was like, oh my gosh, you're right. It was Stan Edgar. It's, it's everything. You know, he's running the Democrats. He's running the, he's running the Republicans. He's running everybody, man. It's just yeah. like, he's running. It's, oh, it's amazing. He, he wins every way. The house is, he is the house. <laughs> the house always wins and he is the house. Yeah. Nice. Starlight is infiltrating Vought Tower. She shorts out security cameras with her powers and enters a lab where she steals some compound V. She also sees some V24 in the lab. As she's looking around, she sees some paperwork laying on a desk from the testing for V24. She reads a bit and says, oh my God, we can see some of the notes jotted on the pad. At a certain dose level, the subject goes into a vegetative state. It says lethal and it's underlined twice. Yeah. They also wrote hyper accelerated malignant tumors. Lesions spreading from cortex to can't read the rest. Cortical infarctions, 80% group. Atrophy of cortex. Concentrated in cerebellum, basal forebrain, and can't make out the rest. Superficial white matter of, can't make out the rest of that. Increased growth accelerated with next dose. Subjects 12, 16, and 19 had seizures one to two hours. V24 is lethal after three to five doses. She says, under her breath. Some bad sounding stuff. Yeah. All of it related to the brain, too, for the most part, right? Yeah. Yes. It's going to cause central nervous system collapse, it sounds like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Buster Beaver is continuing his trip down memory lane with Black Noir. He says, by 1984, things had gotten so bad. There was only so much more of Soldier Boy's abuse you could take. So when Stan Edgar made you an offer in Nicaragua, you jumped at it. The curtains opened to show the scene we saw of Stan Edgar speaking with Black Noir at the camp in Nicaragua. Black Noir asks, Vought's really okay with this? Mr. Edgar says, sometimes old soldiers just fade away. I don't want the details. Just do what you need to do. Didn't you guess that Mr. Edgar may have been behind all this all along like we we're just talking about? <laughs> yes, yes. And, Last and, episode. Yeah, confirmed. <laughs> Confirmed. I said, when Soldier, I said when Soldier Boy asked the TNT, TNT twins and they told him Black Noir did it, mm-hmm. we're like, Black Noir? It's like, yeah, but I could see him doing it if Edgar was behind him telling him to do it. And there we go. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Black Noir asks, why now? Mr. Edgar says, Vogelbaum has a replacement, just a child, but they're convinced he'll be stronger than Soldier Boy and he can fly. Will the others go along? Black Noir says, everyone but gunpowder. Mr. Edgar says, good luck, Irving. Black Noir says, can you please stop eating those in front of me? I'm allergic. Mr. Edgar still takes a bite out of a nut, ignoring Black Noir's plea. And that kind of sets the timeline straight. Yes. Remember, she, she's yeah, she's walking up, and her flashback, Mallory, was walking up when she hears them saying, can you please not eat that yes. in front of me? So that, that gets, sets us up. So we saw the whole yeah. conversation now. Mm-hmm. Yes. The scene shifts, and we're taken to the assault on the camp by the Sandinistas and the Russians. Soldier Boy is confronted by his team. He says, what the is this? Black Noir says, something we should have done a long time ago, you piece of 
the TNT twins jump out behind Soldier Boy and yell, TNT, detonate! They don't fizzle this time. No. So this actually knocks Soldier Boy down. The rest of the team begin to gang up on Soldier Boy. Black Noir tries to grab him in a bear hug, and Soldier Boy shrugs him off, knocking him into a burning Jeep. Soldier Boy picks him up by the throat and holds his face down on the hood of the Jeep, cooking it. The animation is great at displaying the scene and terribly gruesome at the same time. It's really rough. Yeah. And I didn't know if I would like the animated bits because sometimes it's either, you know, it's either a hit or a miss with that stuff, but they've nailed it with this. It's been really, it's been strangely unsettling. Yes. And I, I think, and I'm not sure, but for me, I think what it boils down to is that, this is what Black Noir's mind is like. He see, and, and it's always been like this. That I think that's what's really makes me so unsettled. Is that this has been going on since he's a little boy? Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, whoa, that's that's like another little boy that we know. <laughs> Remember, know Homelander that. talks to oh, yes, Homelander. Yes, he has his imaginary friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's two dangerously mentally ill people. Right. I mean, severely dangerous. <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is. I wonder what caused him to have these episodes or just to not, it's not even an episode. It's permanently like this for him. Like, I wonder what. Yeah. Cause I spent me, I think at first, I, I'm going to tell you what I, what, what I thought. And I think that you're probably in the same camp. I was thinking that, that whatever happened to him, I assume was a, him not, you know, he that should that we saw the wound in his head. I assumed that in the combat he got a chunk of shrapnel or yes. something. And it and it and this this has done this to him, made him way more manipulate e- easily to manipulate and and do whatever you want. But apparently, this hasn't changed anything for him. I mean, other than the fact that he doesn't talk that we know of anymore. And because I thought maybe this was a result of this, but it's not. He's revealed that the, this was you know this helped him get over something in the class. I'm, I'm, just, you know, I'm assuming an awkward situation when he was a little boy. Because mm-hmm. they mentioned the they mentioned the you know the awkward erection he had. Yes. So it's like, so it's like, whoa. That's I think that's kind of what's as we are revealing more and more of his mind. It's like, oh my goodness, that's he becomes more and more frightening to me. I don't know why, because a part of this is because of it. What's weird about it is, is it really something to be scared of? Given we haven't seen anything outright bad from these characters. They're trying to guide him to the right thing here. But the question is, is will there come a point in the future where where they might start giving him suggestions? Have they been responsible for anything? We don't know. Are you thinking like, what what is that Christmas episode of South Park? Uh, Oh, the Woodland Christmas Critter ones. Oh, yeah. Is it like that? Is that what you're thinking? thinking. If they turn into the Woodland woodland Critter? (laughs) Yes. I don't. I never trusted animals to. I never trusted cartoon animals to begin with, and that one is. And now I'm. I'm justified because of the woodland critters. Yes. When we get to the end of this scene, I'm going to bring up the way one of the animated animals says something okay. in this context. Okay. So yeah. So we'll, we'll keep going, and then. Okay. Soldier Boy is cooking Black Noir's face, and it, his eyeball gets messed up. Black Noir screams in pain. Soldier Boy lifts up his shield and slams the pointed end down on Black Noir's skull, causing the head wound we saw that damaged his brain. In the animation, part of his brain flies out and lands on the ground. Black Noir reaches for it in the cartoon. He also reaches up to his head as he watches this play out. 
the head when the brain flies out i'm cringing so bad yeah. that the the, oh, the the brain damage always messes me up yeah yeah it does me too i mm. I, I feel bad uh, yeah. now i feel really bad for him mm-hmm. i thought he was reaching for his mask when we saw the flashback oh. he was reaching for oh, his yeah. brain reaching for his brains it's crazy in the cartoon mindstorm attempts to control soldier boy which forces soldier boy to close his eyes crimson countess drops a bag over soldier boy's head there is some gas or nerve agent bottle attached to it this knocks soldier boy out she says you mother buster beaver says this is some tough stuff i know but when you gave him to the russians you knew soldier boy would come back one day you need to face him no one really knows you but we know how sensitive and scared you are the rest of the friends chime in saying, yes, we're here for you. Hey, we got your back. Buster Beaver says, it's okay. Bravery isn't having no fear. Bravery is having fear, but you do it anyway. The birds fly to Black Noir and say, time, time to, to finish, finish what, what you started. started. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The way they said that, I was like, that doesn't sound right. Everything else is so chipper. This is yeah. like psycho talk right yeah uh, yeah and it is and and the other thing i just now thought of too is is that noir is another one of these long-lived ones too i mean this is this is 40 plus years ago and he's still in prime shape other than the i'm assuming brain damage Damage, yeah yeah Yeah. um and we don't know what it did to him because i mean he still seems to be fairly intact other than not talking i mean he still moves deftly he can play the piano with precision Yes, yeah. but uh, so that quote uh, on bravery, mm-hmm. that's an excellent quote. One yes. thing that I noticed was they had Buster Beaver stutter in the middle of that quote. And it made me think, do you think they chose to put the stutters in his speech strategically? Yes. Okay. I I, I was, I mentioned this earlier. I kind of pre uh, previewed this thought was the idea that I th- I'm curious if, if noir has a voice at all, if that was would be if he would stutter, mm. and if this is if this is his main if this is him his main personality or the main thing because I don't know what it is what type of illness it is when you it's it's one thing to be to have multiple personalities but that's something called disassociative identities but this is something where the disassociation happens and appears externally we know there's nothing there because there's multiple times they show him in the middle of the scene of these animals and they'll show them in an empty room. So mm-hmm. we know they're not, we know they're not there. Right. So I don't know what kind of, I don't know what the difference is between the disassociative identities, which is, which is truly a personality change. Like Homelander seems to have an on and off the, it, versus this type where you have voices and hallucinations of them telling you and talking with you mm-hmm. and interacting with you two different ones, but they're both dead deadly and, and people with powers. <laughs> Right. I don't want to be. I don't want to be mentally ill like this. <laughs> yeah. Mm is waiting for Todd in the driveway at Monique's house. Mm says, "Get the f out of the car." Todd asks, "What's wrong?" Mm says, "You heard me." Janine says, "Daddy." Mm says, "Hey, baby, I need you to go inside the house with your mama. Daddy needs to talk to Todd alone." Janine agrees and begins to walk inside. Monique comes outside and asks, "Marvin, what are you doing here?" Mm says, "You're okay with this." Monique asks, what? M.M. says, he took her to a Homelander rally. Todd says, yeah, so? Monique says, excuse me, you took her where? Todd says, it's fine. Monique says, no, it's not fine. 
You didn't ask me. Then turns and addresses Janine, saying, Janine, come on, inside, honey, and escorts her into the house. Todd says, everything's fine, just relax. MM says, don't tell me to relax, Todd. Soldier Boy is out there gunning for Homelander. Do you have any idea what kind of danger you put my baby girl in? Todd says, there's no danger. Starlight is making all that up. Read any news outside the establishment media. MM says, Todd, Todd, they're lying. Todd says, really? All of them? MM says, all of them. Homelander is lying to you. He's a psychopath. Todd says, worse than Starlight? She's trafficking kids the same age as Janine, as, as, the, as the kids in my classroom. Homelander is the only one protecting them. Monique comes back outside and says, okay, you guys, that's enough. MM ignores her and says, Homelander ain't protecting all right? He's feeding you this insane fairy tale, and you're too stupid and, and brainwashed to see it. Todd says, hey, you. Monique again says, both of you, stop. MM says, you know what? He kind of tries to de-escalate. He says, if you want to risk your life, fine, have at it, but not with my baby girl. You're not her father, Todd says. Someone's got to be. This triggers MM, causing him to punch Todd in the face. Todd is knocked out and falls to the ground. Monique yells, Marvin! Oh my God, Todd, Todd, oh my God, Todd, Todd, open your eyes, wake up. She's frantically trying to revive him. MM turns to see Janine saw the whole thing, and she looks terrified. MM realizes he messed up, and you hate to see it. Oh, yeah. Yes, I hate seeing that he, especially because she saw him angry at, the, at his house that one time when he got mad at the smoke mm-hmm. detector, and she's seeing her dad looking worse and worse, even though we see him getting better and better at points. And he, he had every right to be mad because mom didn't want her there either, it sounds like. But true. When, he's but, tr- when, when he popped him in the mouth, uh, MM lost, That's he's, he's automatically in the wrong. Yeah, because uh, you could kill somebody doing that. If they, yeah. if, if he falls he and cracks he, his head on the ground, could be right. over. Yeah. That's exactly head injuries it. are very strange. So, yes, you know, a lot of people like to glorify punching people out or something like that. But, I mean, one small mistake could ruin the rest of your life. That's right. Starlight is nervously awaiting the elevator in Vought Tower. Homelander rapidly approaches her and says, here she is. Did you think I wouldn't know the second you walked through the door? She quickly adapts and says, well, we broke up. It was time to pack my and go. Homelander chuckles and says, okay, so here's what happens now. You're going to march into VNN Studios and you're going to recant everything you said. It was a tragic cocktail of heartbreak, Zoloft, and despair. You regret any harm that your lies have caused Vought or me, but me in particular. She says, mm. He says, good, and moves to walk away. She says, okay, but um, you want to hear my counter? I stop Soldier Boy before he murders more people, and I find Maeve if she's still alive. Homelander says, Maeve's just learning her manners, and you should do the same, seriously, before you throw away everything you've worked so hard for. Hmm? She shakes her head and says, you know what? I could give a He says, really? You sure about that? Your fame is the only thing protecting you. She says, here's the thing. I'm not scared of you anymore. I'm not. I see who you are. I see how small you are. I saw it. I saw it the night that you killed Supersonic. Homelander says, you know what I remember from that night? I remember what I told you would happen to Huey. You walk, that's next. She's been looking upset through this last part of the conversation, and suddenly she drops the act. She says, good luck with that. 
now that you've told my 190 million followers, I'm still pretty famous. She holds up the phone in front of his face to show she's live streaming. He puts on a fake smile and says, hey, everybody, and laughs uncomfortably. The elevator arrives and she says, oh, that's me. I got to go. He says, Starlight, uh, wait, you're not supposed to record us when we're running lines. I love that. The elevator doors close and his smile disappears just as we lose sight of him. Starlight breathes a sigh of relief. I do, too. Yeah. Nicely done. Nicely done, Annie. Very well played. And, you know, and that's 190 million followers. You realize the population of America is like, what, three, 330 million? Something like that. I think we're approaching 400, but yeah, it's we're uh, approaching four. Yeah, so so w- worldwide, 190 million. I, right? know, I know it's yeah. worldwide, mm-hmm. but just the, mm-hmm. just the fact that she has enough followers that equal almost half of our population. That's a incredible amount of influence you could leverage if people actually care. And and home and Homelander just confessed to murdering Supersonic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that he just confessed. No, he didn't confess. They're running lines, Billy. No, but I love his. his, When he said that comment Mm -hmm. about the, but you know what I'm saying? She was like, "Well, what what I remember that night was the." Then he pulled out the threat to Huey. Mm -hmm. So he's he's his non denial. They're they're running lines, and that's how they'll sell it. But it's like a lot of people saw that. Mm -hmm. 190 million people saw that. That's not good. Soldier Boy and Huey come up to an old farmhouse slash barn in a field. There's a nice sound coming from some homemade wind chimes outside. Very soothing. I guess he has those there so that he can't, or he can try and drown out the voices that he's hearing. Yeah. I'm assuming that's also why, of course, it's why he lives away. So he didn't hear anything, but he didn't hear people. Right. So on that point, you know, he's complaining about hearing people's voices because he can hear their inner thoughts. We were Mm -hmm. talking about when Homelander's in New York how like he must have some way of filtering down what he's hearing. Otherwise he'd be just as crazy yeah. as Mindstorm. Yeah. And my, and Mindstorm, I'm sure he has the ability to filter it down, but it, it's. It doesn't seem like it. He's begging later in this conversation. Well, Oh, I guess he is. So, yeah. he may, but maybe, maybe as I have no idea how it works mm-hmm. with these guys, maybe as he got older, maybe you lose control of it. And it just is always on or something like that. Mm. They work their way slowly into the house. They see a bed. Suddenly, Soldier Boy sees Mindstorm in a mirror. He's crouched behind something waiting to strike. Soldier Boy prepares to attack. Huey thinks quickly and teleports behind Mindstorm, then grabs him and teleports them both to Butcher. That was really quick thinking on his part. Yeah. Really quite the natural, becoming quite natural with the suit business. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Soldier Boy yells, Huey drops Mindstorm on the ground when they land. Mindstorm says, what the hell? Huey says, okay, wait, wait, wait. And is covering his face so he doesn't look Mindstorm in the eyes. Mindstorm says, why the am I naked? Huey says, I can explain, okay? Mindstorm says, you're with Soldier Boy. You're trying to kill me. Huey says, no, no, no. I just saved your life. Mindstorm says, leave me alone. Huey says, please calm down. I only want to talk, okay? Just talk. Mindstorm says, I'm not bothering anyone. I'm just trying to get away from all the voices. I'm just trying to get away from the voices. I'm just trying to get away from the voices. Huey says, hey, hey, I'm going to open my eyes, all right? Please don't coma me. I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> I love Huey, dude. Sounds like something my kids would say to me, you know, when we're right. make-believe playing. Huey lowers his hands, takes a deep breath, and slowly opens his eyes. He says, okay, hey, we're cool. Very chill. Very cool. Also, we, we don't have to do this naked, all right? 
He moves towards his bag and Mindstorm gets in a defensive stance. Huey says, just, just close. They're close. I'm going to reach in. I'm going to grab you some. Okay. Huey throws Mindstorm some clothes and puts on some pants himself. He says, look, look, hey, I don't want to be here. I, I was pretending to be someone I'm not. I'm not like Soldier Boy. That guy's full of shit. I mean, no one is that tough. And then the people who say they are, they're lying. And I'm, I'm done. I want to go home. So I'm just, I'm begging you to please wake up my friend. He starts crying as he's saying this. He finally realized that he's out of his element and that this world is not for him. And that's Donnie, great. Donnie, you're out of your element. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. I'm glad to see him kind of wake up. Mm-hmm. But you now know what's going to happen, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I feel, like, I, I, I feel that now that Huey has come to his terms, that he was in the wrong, because I feel like he realizes, wow, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, this anymore. Um, he will, in fact, be started. The V24 will start to kill him. As he gets closer to dying, Annie or someone will get regular being given to him. So him not wanting to have superpowers, he will now have them at some point in the future and he'll be better because he's gone through not wanting them and somehow along the way i'm calling a healing in starlight and huey's relationship okay now this could apply to butcher too but butcher is maybe the toughest son of a gun on the planet no offense matt brother i know how much you love the batman so i'm not attempting to hurt your feelings with that one so query query though <laughs> fight between butcher and the batman who wins okay we need to set some parameters for this fight now, no no oh, gimmicks no no no, no, just, no gadgets just, right no gadgets. Okay. Now, I'm going to say, now, for myself, I'll give you what I want to hear. For me, I say I, 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 it's pretty evenly matched. Butcher's a, butcher's a bad dog, but I don't know. Okay. I, they, may, they may fight their stand still, but I want to hear. Okay. Butcher is kind of a brutal fighter, right? Yeah. He does have combat yeah. training, but he's not a ninja by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. No. He's not sneaky. So Batman does have surprise on his side, and he has formal a- ninja training. And he's also a formidable martial artist and fighter all the way around. Too. Yes. Here is the issue. Batman has a line. Yes. Butcher has no line. Butcher has no lines. But neither does the Joker, though. Butcher will go until he forces Batman to get to a point where he can't go any further. And that's where Butcher will win. Okay. So kind of like a standstill, but the butcher, but but butcher would maybe wear him down eventually. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I have a hard call because they're both ultimate human dudes. I mean, they, I mean, butcher is a is a bad. Again, I love, I do love the Batman. He's, he's the ultimate you, you, human. You just made me say butcher was going to beat Batman. Now that's not the full powered Batman though. That's a no. gim- gimped Batman that doesn't all have the, all his yeah. stuff. But cause see, I don't even know because personally, I don't know. I mean, it's like. Uh, because we've we've seen we've seen Bruce come back from some bad stuff too, mm-hmm. and and take it and take it back to him. So I mean, I, it's a hard call. Yeah, but yeah, that, it's a butcher's. A, yeah, there's something about butcher's brutality. It's like you know, thank thank the Lord that the Joker's not built like butcher, huh? Yeah, someone that has no limits. Uh, you, how do you beat somebody like that? Yeah. Because you gotta. Yeah. That's why this is why Superman had to kill Zod. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like <laughs> if, if 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 Batman would have just killed the Joker, save it. They would save it. Uh, save so, it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. Mindstorms, dude. We're like two weeks away from that. You better start prepping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess so. 
That's the Ooh. Batman versus Superman episode. We're gonna do it between the next show that we cover yeah. and and the boys. So that's coming. We, and that's what we're covering. You want to tell them what we're covering now? No, because we, we got to wait till the end of the vote. We might get twenty yeah. people sign oh, yeah. up and throw the vote out by then. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. Well, we haven't really officially announced it outside of the people that are actually already signed up. But right. the vote is currently live as of September twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. It will be running through mid October for the next show that we will cover on excruciating detail for, and that is for our voting patrons on Patreon. Yes. So if you want to have a say in the next series that we cover, join up as a voting patron and, and vote. Yep. We, and we greatly appreciate it. Yes. We appreciate all of our patrons. <laughs> yes. Mindstorm says I've been inside his head. That guy's a piece of <laughs> Huey says it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't want to be someone who leaves people behind. I want to be someone who saves his family. And for better or worse, he's my family. Please wake him up. Mindstorm refuses. Huey says, I can get you out of here. If you just please, please wake him up. I'll teleport you away. You'll be safe away from everyone, including Soldier Boy. I'll take you wherever you want to go. And I will never tell a soul where that is. Hand to God. I I'm really curious what the limitations on his teleportation powers are, like distance wise or. Yeah, me too. Because yeah. they parked, they they parked two miles away, and I'm not sure how far away, you know. But he seems to be getting further and further. I'm just curious: is it like a muscle? Is he able to just keep going further and further? You know? Yeah, it's curious. Because it was like it, jumper, good, jumper. He could go anywhere in the world. Yeah, and a t- and a great teleporter could come up with some really inventive ways to to hurt people. You know, like take Blight Noir, who doesn't fly. Mm. <laughs> Learning to teleport, you grab him, teleport straight up. Let go, teleport, you know, teleport away, leave him to fall, you mm-hmm. know, a mile or three to earth. Yeah. Things like that. You can get real creative with it. Yeah. Huey does mention Butcher is family, and Kamiko just said Frenchie yeah. is family. Yeah. So that's a theme, parallel theme. It, yeah. It mm-hmm. is. I, I didn't spot that. Nicely said, nicely yeah. thought, yeah. nicely spotted. Thank you. We go back inside Butcher's Mind Prison for the worst of them. Oh, yeah. It's the day Butcher is leaving to join the military. Butcher says, no, not here. Lenny is waiting for young Butcher in the kitchen. He says, so that's it then, Billy. Young Butcher says, Lenny. Lenny says, just going to piss off. No goodbye or nothing like that. Butcher says, I'll be back Christmas once I got everything sorted at the barracks. You can maybe come out and see me. Lenny says, Billy, please don't leave me alone with him. I can't hack it. Young Butcher says, you'll be all right. Butcher sees a flash of Lenny getting the pistol out. This is the older Butcher. The older Butcher says, no, he won't. Listen to him. Young Butcher says, if I stay, I'm going to end up killing him. Get sent off to Borstal or prison. And what's that going to do to mom? Hmm? Break her bloody heart is what it'd do. Besides, the old hates me the most. So maybe if I'm gone, he'll leave you be. Elder Butcher says, you stupid twat. Don't you leave him. Young Butcher says, I got to go, Len. Lenny begs Young Butcher, saying, Billy, please, and grabs his arm. Young Butcher gets agitated and angrily says, leave off. For sake, Lenny, it ain't my job to look after you. Don't be such a poof all your life. Butcher sees a flash of his father. He looks down in shame. That's the same thing his dad was saying to Lenny. Mm -hmm. Exact same thing. Lenny has tears in his eyes, but doesn't say anything. Young Butcher says, right, and moves to leave. Butcher says, please don't go. This is the older Butcher. Butcher then walks into the kitchen and finds Lenny carrying a chair. 
Lenny puts the chair in front of the cabinets in the kitchen and looks up at Butcher. He says, you served me up to him on a plate. Butcher says, no, I, I didn't. I, I wouldn't. Lenny gets up on the chair and opens the cabinet. He tells Butcher, it's been six months and you come home to check on me not once. Butcher says, Len, I, I'm sorry, but they, they just wouldn't let me out of the barracks. Lenny reaches into the cabinet and scoots some cans of peas pudding out of the way to find a container in the back. He pulls it out and sets it on the counter. He takes the lid off and pulls out a pistol. Butcher says, oh, d- please, please, d- no. As he's loading the gun, Lenny says, he's beating the living d- out of me, Billy. Day in and day out. I can't take no more. Butcher says, please, Len, don't. Lenny says, you knew what he'd do. It's your fault. Butcher says, no, don't say that. That's that's not true. I, I'm not that bastard. Lenny has finished loading the gun. He looks at Butcher and says, come off it, Billy. You always have been. Because anyone who's ever loved you, you end up getting them killed, don't you? Me, Becca, now Huey, the last person on God's green earth trying to stop you from being a monster. And what do you do? Drag him down to your level. When he dies, and he will, then no one can stop you, can they? Mm. Goodness. Yeah. That's tough. Lenny turns around. Butcher yells, no, Lenny, no. We hear the shot, and Butcher is covered in blood. Suddenly, Butcher wakes up in the field panting. Huey laughs with relief. Butcher sees him and says, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Huey asks, sorry for what? Butcher says, Huey. Huey says, it's okay, Butcher. It's okay. You're all right. Here, you're okay. Mindstorm says, hey, kid. Huey says, right, right. Yeah, okay. Deal's a deal. Where are we headed? Suddenly, a knife flies in and impales Mindstorm through his right eye. Dude, it's like it struck him from behind in the temple and the blade comes out of his eye. Yes, that is accurate. 100%. That's a dude, that's gnarly. What a shot. Terrible. Oof. He begins screaming in pain and then he rips the knife out. Soldier Boy walks up. And uses his shield to bash Mindstorm and send him flying. Soldier Boy throws a bag over his head and sits on top of him. Huey runs up and says, hey, wait, wait, wait. Soldier Boy stands up and looks at Huey for a moment, then punches him square in the face. Huey goes flying at least 30 feet. Butcher gets angry and his eyes light up. Soldier Boy picks up his shield and moves back towards Mindstorm. Butcher deactivates his powers and moves to check on Huey. Soldier Boy sits back on top of Mindstorm and says, hiya, Dan. Mindstorm says, it's it's not what you think. It wasn't my idea. Soldier Boy says, oh, I know. It was Noir's. But how does that work, huh? Because no way he makes a move without Vought. Mindstorm says, they gave him the green light. Soldier Boy asks, why would they do that? Mindstorm whispers something to him. Soldier Boy yells, what? That's impossible. Soldier Boy uses the tip of his shield to pound Mindstorm's head in. It's another one of those horrible deaths. Fortunately, his head's covered with a bag, so yeah, you don't really see it. It's so. still pretty bad because it like creases yeah. the face. You know, it's, yes. it's really awesome. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, but I am thankful we didn't have to see it. Yes, yeah, yes. Soldier Boy gets up and walks past Butcher and Huey without saying anything to them. Butcher asks, "What did he say?" No response. Huey and Butcher look at each other. I wonder if Butcher's going to change his behavior now that he's been through this experience. That's a really good question. Mm. I would like to hope so. Yeah. Later that day, we see Soldier Boy sitting in contemplation. Inside, Butcher has tears in his eyes as he's remembering what happened. 
His phone rings. It's Starlight. She says, I need to talk to Huey. Where is he? Richard says, oh, Starlight, how delightful. He just popped out for a bit. She says, okay, well, he's not answering his phone. Butcher says, bit hard to keep a phone when you're teleporting all day, ain't it, love? How can I help? She says, Temp V's going to kill you both. Butcher quips, well, it's going to have to join the queue. She says, I was just in the lab. It causes lesions, okay? It turns your brain into Swiss cheese. So please, be honest with me and tell me how many doses have you taken? Butcher says, just a couple. She says, Butcher, three to five doses kills you. You need to tell Huey. He says, yeah, yeah, I will, I will, I promise. She says, okay, but I'm calling back every five minutes until he hangs up on her. Huey gets back and walks in with food. He says, only thing open was Long John Silver's. So, I guess that's kind of fish and chips, right? Butcher says, yeah, nice one. Huey sees Butcher's demeanor and asks, everything all right? Butcher says, it's, uh, it's the Temp V. Huey asks, what about it? Butcher struggles with his morals for a minute, then says, we got to swing by the office and get some more. And then you, me, and Granny are going to finish this job. He pats Huey on the shoulder. Guess he's not changing his behavior. Yeah, well, at least he wrestled with it there for a moment. Yeah. Uh, so but it, I guess it's a little, it's a little growth. His, his hatred of Homelander is just overriding everything, yeah. huh? Yeah, he don't yeah. care if he kills Huey. Yeah. Is, is, is my take on that at this point. Even though he cares about him. He, even though he loves him dearly. Yeah. He's willing to kill him for it. Yeah. Huey says, yeah. Yeah. Back in MM's apartment, Starlight is on the phone trying to call Huey again. She gets a voicemail and says, Frenchie asks, do you think Monsieur Charcuterre will tell Huey? Starlight asks, do you? After a moment of silence, Kamiko texts, what are you going to do? Starlight says, I'm going to save Huey, even if he doesn't want me to. Kamiko smiles. Starlight reaches into her purse and pulls out the vial of Compound V. In the other room, Frenchie prepares a syringe of the Compound V and asks, ready, Moncur? She gives him a hug. He jokes, oh, enjoy them before they feel like bendy straws again. <laughs> he injects her. We can see and hear her spine shifting. This was just like Victoria's daughter's spine did when she took yeah. the V. Frenchie holds her hand. Suddenly her wounds heal. She's fully recovered. And it's good to see nothing bad happen to her with this procedure. Yeah. And I get, like we mentioned earlier, maybe it's because she was sees this as, as helpful for her to uh, not see it as a curse, but as something to help them with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's, uh, let's see, because oh, it was this scene here that got me to thinking about that stuff about Huey and prognosticating about his possible future. Mm-hmm. So, right. But I'm not, now, now I'm curious about what happened to Vicky's daughter though. What powers manifested? Yeah. 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 It might take some time before they show up. Right. Yeah. Or uh, did, did it transform her into something different too? I'm always curious. Did it do something strange? Oh, I would have hoped that they would have done something with it by now to show us. Yeah. And yeah. they really haven't. Me too. Yeah. That would be strange. That could be a long choice. term. Yeah. That yeah. Could, yeah, this could be a long-term play. Yeah. Homelander is on the phone with Ashley. He's looking at the piece of paper Victoria gave him. There is a Minnesota address written on it. Homelander says, obviously, I didn't realize the little was recording me, did I? No, no. Uh, Ashley, I don't care. You're the spin doctor. Go spin it. He gets a notification that another call is on the line. He switches over and says, what? A man says, sir, I apologize for disturbing you, but you have a call. He says he's... Well, he's claiming to be Soldier Boy. Homelander stammers a bit, then says, put him through. He turns on the speakerphone and says, this really you? 
Soldier Boy says, the situation's changed. I thought we should have a conversation. Homelander says, I don't know who the you think you are, but you got lucky once because you ambushed me. Soldier Boy says, fall 1980. I get called into Vogelbaum's lab for an experiment. Some about genetics. I still remember the penthouse I used. June. Danielle Deneau. Bush like a Pomeranian. (laughs) (laughs) Homelander asks, what? Soldier Boy says, I beat my meat into a cup. Turns out, Vogelbaum made a kid. Born spring 1981. A boy. You know what the of it is? If they'd have just kept me around, I'd have let you take the spotlight. What father wouldn't want that for his son? That ends the episode. Mm, and I was mm, like, mm, what? Mm. That, that's a hell of a reveal. <laughs> now I really want to know how this season ends. Luke, I am your father. <laughs> Dude, that's so that's such a great reveal. I love it. I love it. I was blown away by that. Yeah, so the ramifications of this are going to be bad because he had to deal yeah. with Butcher to kill Homelander. Butcher made good on his end, and now well, likely that's off. I don't know. Well, to be oh, fair, Homelander, even though it's his dad, he might still resent Soldier Boy. Yeah. He might not have, not be able to accept him being out there. Yeah, and Soldier Boy, it's, it could be the same thing. Soldier Boy don't care because, you know, Soldier Boy may not like the idea of having a replacement that he didn't have nothing to do with. Oh, you, you mean like that he didn't raise himself? Yeah. Okay. He might be more, he might be prone to take him out, to help take him out still. Mm. That may, he, I mean, there, there may not be, since there's, since he didn't know a whole lot about him, you know, it's one of these things that it's like, um, well, you, you, I have no attachment to you. So taking you out doesn't mean anything to me. Right. Okay. So that's the end of the yeah, episode. Is, what were some of your standout moments? You know, it's, a, it's such a strange episode. I loved all the black noir stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was, he was one I wasn't expecting to find out things about. Because when he when he disappears, he just disappears, and it's f- nice to see him disappear, and to get something from his disappearance, a little bit about you know, especially to get his story, mm-hmm. uh, get more of his stories. Very, I loved it. Yeah, the details of how he got his face burned and that wound on his head mm-hmm. were. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to to learn that, but it was yeah. horrific. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. It was just rough to watch, yeah. Yeah. Even though it was an animated, even though it's cartoon, it was still hard to watch. Yes, yes. <sighs> now, when Soldier Boy was right about the priest and the nun being possessed, that really got me. That that whole scene, that was because at first you're like, is he just being paranoid? Did he just brutally murder this priest? And right. then it turns out that he was right the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. It was just absolutely magnificent. Yeah. Oh. And that bombshell ending with homelander oh, being yeah. uh, soldier boy's son man oh yeah my mind is blown completely with that one dude. yeah mm-hmm. huey realizing who he is yeah good to see yeah, finally it, he's diluted a lot of this season right yeah 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 he's been, yeah he's been chasing that high on that that v24 high mm-hmm. and now he realizes i think he's like i don't want to do that anymore i think yeah <laughs> yeah and then additionally with huey the fact that he refused to abandon butcher that was really cool yeah He's so loyal. Mm-hmm. I love Huey's loyalty. Right. And uh, the other, th- I think what another thing I found funny is the deep thinking he can handle this on his own. I cannot wait because this is going to be super stupid and you're going to love it, hate it and be repulsed by it all at once, but it's going to be funny and we're going to love it. Yeah. The, and, it's the Dunning-Kruger effect. He's too dumb to know how dumb he is. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it always, ref- it, it I always go back to this scene with Maeve 
all of a piece of, you know, POS. And he's like, you really think that? Yeah. He's shocked. I mean, he's, he's, it's always so shocked that, that, that she would think it's like, yeah, dude, it's everyone, everyone thinks that about you. I'm so sorry that you don't know that, but yeah. Right. Um, I love Kamiko expressing to Frenchie that he is in fact her family. Yeah. That's great. You know, and that she was, wants to be strong so she can, so they can be together. Mm-hmm. And Annie getting Homelander with the recording. Good job, Starlight. Yeah, she's learning. Yeah, that was smooth. Mm-hmm. That, mm, that's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt him bad. Mm-hmm. I say that it may not, but the, I think it will. Well, yeah, I, I don't think they're gonna be able, I don't think they're gonna be able to spin that like they have some of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So, what are your uh, final thoughts? You know, it's it was a it was a good show. Like I said, it's. It's just such a setup episode. Mm-hmm. We had some great, there was some surprising, great surprising stuff. Soldier Boy's execution of that priest, like we just mentioned, that knife shot through the eye. Dude, oh. what a great shot. Just, we had some surprisingly just moments of just meanness, but for the most part, I feel like we're just really getting set up because, you know, next episode is it. Right. Um, you know, so I'm really curious. I just, I'm just really curious. I'm eager to watch the next episode. I'm ready to talk about it with you next week. Yeah, dude. we're going to finish it out, and then uh, I know we'll be waiting a couple years to do it again. Right? Yep. I think we're lucky. With, one thing about Amazon, they're they're nice enough to give it to us every year. Okay. So they took a break they, this time because of COVID, I think. But then next time yeah, is probably be. Yeah, year. they usually fall out about like spring, summer. Okay. You know, so every 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 year, I think so far, so it's been good. Nice. So, cool. Great. Right, episode, good job brother. tonight. We thank you all for joining us today. Again, we'd really like to thank you for taking the time to be with us, and we've had a really great time talking about the topic today. If you would like to support our show, you can find us at horsefrogproductions.com, where you can find our Patreon link. Depending on the platform you're listening from, it may also be in the episode description. And if you'd like to contact us uh, through email, it's at contact at horsefrogproductions.com.